tinfoil hat. Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Global controls will have to be imposed. And a world governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to tinfoil hat. We, we, we go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. Drink from the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional shit. Wake up, Aaron. This is only the beginning. Dude, you just blew my mind. Are you ready to get your mind blown? Good morning, Swarm, and welcome to Tim Fall Hat. You know I am. You know what I'm here to do. I'm here to rock. Joining me as always... The man, the myth, the legend, Xavier Guerrero, and the man on the ones and twos, Jay Nice, Johnny Woodard. How are you guys? Oh, this is a great one. Great episode. We have David Landau in today. Uh, You know him from um, Louder and Crowder, uh, Compound Media. Uh, This is not happening. He is so fast. He's so funny. And it was a nice, fun episode. A lot of laughs and a great piggyback to our last episode with Lila. You guys are hitting us up. You loved it. Thank you guys very much. I I, I, I don't know why Johnny didn't cry. I don't know. Everybody I, I else cried, is crying. I cried when I got home. I, I just have an aversion to crying in public. Okay, okay. When I got home, I Johnny, cried. Johnny Southern man. Don't not, need you around. You're not swarm if you didn't cry. Yeah, I don't you know. Didn't cry. You didn't cry. You're not part of the swarm, <laughs> but we appreciate you. Uh, we're going to get into this real quick because we got a nice long show for you. Uh, tonight, I'm in Batavia at the Comedy Vault with a bunch of uh, fun gay Jew people. Two gay Jews are joining me. Uh, Zane Helberg, a- Andrew Rafi. Yeah. Uh, please join me on that. Then next week, Weekend. I can't wait to be back at one of my favorite clubs to play, House of Comedy in Phoenix, Arizona. The Bronsons are some of the nicest people in comedy. I got Johnny Mitchell and Jake Gallo with me. And then at the end of the month, the crew gets back together. Xavier Guerrero, Eddie Bravo, Sweet Sammy T. Woo-hoo! We're live at Long Beach, Harvell's. And then we're doing Bakersfield on the 28th. Come get weird. And then next month, we got Spokane and uh, Spokane. And uh, Tacoma. So come get weird, everybody. Uh, real quick, there's a couple things I want to tell you about. All of our Rockfin pre- premium content is fire. Uh, Tim Fall Hat, Conspiracy Social Club, on fire. I'm giving away zero for free. So uh, that's it. But you can get all that stuff. I'm doing four episodes a week between them, all for $15. Broken Sim, first look. We don't smoke the same yep, yep. all for $15. We have a Patreon that's fire. The uh, patreon.com slash cash daddies. Uh, come get inv- all the investment needs you need. Uh, all the investment tips you need to make good money. You will The $20 you spend a month, you'll get back instantly. Johnny, am I right? Absolutely. Yeah, we just, I mean, we just, some people doubled up on one just uh, in, in like a week. Cashing crazy. fatties, yeah. cashing fucking fatties. Banking yeah, fatties. banking fatties. Here we go. Final thing, t-shirts. You don't have to click on it, but t-shirts. If you want t-shirts, support the show, t-shirts. TimFallHatT-shirts.com. We have some affiliates I want to tell you about real quick. Uh, buy gold and silver at Wise Wolf. Go check that out. And then uh, our... our, our ki- Aqua Cure Hydrogen Brown Gas, the people are talking about, promo code TINFOIL. And then finally, uh, Haley Ray and their wonderful crystals, quartz, you name it, it's all there. And if you use 
Swarm 15, you get 15% off. Just click the banners and go. Today's episode is fire. Please enjoy. It's with Dave Landau, and he's here to promote promote his new show, okay, New Normal World. Uh, enjoy the episode. We, we go deep, homeboy. Aaron, open your mind. All right, I'm very excited, uh, very excited to have this guest on. I've been friends with him for many years, and I've uh, watched him do some amazing stuff, and it's very cool that he was able to stop through uh, in in studio on his way to, I think, Tacoma or Spokane, so we'll get into all of that. He's got a great new sketch show out, uh, Normal World. I'm very excited to have him on. Please welcome Dave Landau. How are you, Dave? Good, man. How about you? Very excited to have you on, man. Happy to be here, dude. Thank uh, you. I've known you since the 655 Hayworth days when uh, our good friend Ken Kikadale yes. was uh, my neighbor's. Yes. And you live down the street from the guy who used to manage the runaways. Who? Uh, it was, uh, oh man, he had the green hair, he was an old dude, he had all the Kiss albums. Yeah, downstairs, it was very weird, yeah. and he would just have these young, obviously broken women uh, yeah. come and live with him all the time. Well, there was the hostel, and he would walk over there and yell, who wants to fuck a legend? And <laughs> nightly, people did. Wait, do you mean the band, the Runaways, or he just liked to fuck well, runaway women? he no. fucked Runaways, but he did also manage the band, the oh, Runaways. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He used it was, the same tactic. Yeah, so he was... <laughs> So basically what happens, uh, I move, for, I, I'm in Vegas, my friend uh, uh, um, Scott Ross, well, we lived in Vegas, we moved here, we went through all this crazy shit, we lived in like this real shady apartment, and we, we finally found another place at 655 Hayworth, and we move in there, uh, the people next to us, like, it was a condemned, like, apartment, like, it looked haunted, <laughs> yes. like, it was like some weird kind of, like, hoarder lived there, and then they cleaned it out. Put new everything new. Ken moves in, and then I uh, I start to turn Ken into a uh, fucking slave labor uh, yes. video guy who made all the videos for the Naughty Show. Yes, like cash for ass. Yeah, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And we would we would just bring these hot porn stars with comedic talent yep. over, and Ken would fall in love with them, and then it would never work out, and then I had to talk him off a ledge. Yes, and just, as long as he kept making videos and. <laughs> And Ken was Ken is an amazing video uh, director and editor, and I'm so happy you guys have hooked up again. And uh, we showed a video that you made with him, which uh, I'll never forget, which is the um, the genie in the bottle. Dude, I really appreciate that. You did that at your festival. You did. Yeah, at the we store. have a naughty. We had a big naughty show yeah. at the Improv back in the day, and it was. I, I, so back in the day when I started it, everybody wanted clean comedy. Yes, and I was like, I'm not a clean comic. I'm not going to do clean comedy, but I need to create somewhere where the people there know it's going to be filthy. And the best way to do it is put adult film stars in the show. Oh yeah, you tripled down on the yeah, yeah. <laughs> which seems to be the story of my life. I'm like, I'm going this way, and I'm going hard this way. And so, because I had done the. Um, I forget what the name of the fuck uh, the, the 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 strip. My buddies ran a porn show, a porn comedy show, and I remember just crushing. And I'm like, this is my crowd. I gotta get this crowd. And then they stopped doing it. So I'm like, I'm gonna keep it going. And like, I pitched the show to Comedy Central. And they're like, we love the show. We hate Sam. Literally, their exact <laughs> words. Which is crazy because you and I'm not blowing smoke at all. You have arguably the best premium blend ever. Thank you. Like, and you went from that, and then they got mad at you. I don't know what happened behind the scenes, but it didn't make any sense to me. 
I start to think of what happened. So just so you know, that was the first time I was on Comedy Central. Yeah, and, and that murdered. was the last time I was on Comedy Central. They never gave me another set. Steve Byrne had me do like a blip where we entertained the troops somewhere, and it was like two seconds of me holding a mic. Okay. Never had me back. Got standing O. Never was asked back. Okay. Just fucking weird. I think it was because I had... I got a development deal with them with this porn star, and she just kept canceling on me because she's doing blow all the time. Yeah, she's a porn star. Right. Yeah. Who knew she'd be unreliable? <laughs> Not that you all are. I mean, I so, yeah, so some of you are great people. I made a fatal mistake in thinking that they would really like that I would take the reins and clean it up. I didn't run it by them, and I fired her, and I yeah. brought in somebody else, and they did not like that. Uh, that's what I believe. They didn't like that I did something without their approval, which in a weird way, looking back, I understand. But if they would have had a conversation, hey, man, we really want her. Bring her back. Okay, she would have came back and done it. But right. never got used again after that. Because everything's backroomed. You never hear about anything until after the fact. 100%. And that's and then, one of the worst things about this industry. But I think the industry is dying. Well, I yeah. And they're also like, look, Sam, we love cocaine. Yeah. We're, we're, we don't have an issue with her at all. <laughs> Like, weren't the the Golden Globes yesterday? Did anybody watch that? Just the Eddie Murphy tag, like, 30 seconds. It, I love it's Eddie Murphy. super interesting because I've known Gerard Carmichael uh, forever. Forever. And if you talk to anybody that was in L L.A. in, the, like, 10, 15 years ago, or I'd say about 10 years ago. I was going to say, when I was here about 10 years ago was when I know he was at the store when you were there. And he was crushing, yeah. bro. And everybody knew that he had the bright... I used to call him even money all the time. There was a couple people I knew they were going to blow up. And, oh, by the way, they all blew up. Yep. And that was Tiffany Haddish and Gerard Carmichael was yep. one of them. And you're like, oh, this guy's even money. It's going to blow up. He's going to take our job. I used to call him the young guns because he would take our jobs. <laughs> and, you know, he did. And he's just an interesting guy in how he operates. Like, every special he does is like there's just something a little different about it that makes people weirded out that's what i liked about his hbo special actually when i was actually shooting mine his was one i looked at and i liked how unique it was because it was him on the phone and then just doing the stage and it wasn't done like everybody else's it was a box kind of theater it was it was weird and it started with him mid-joke and I thought I liked that. It's better than coming out to He's like very the good giant at intros. I thought it was interesting. He's very good at that. He doesn't do it in a normal presentation, and some people get weirded out by that. Of course, you know, he like his first tele his first time doing stand up on the television was an HBO special. Like that blows my mind. I remember because it was it was like ten years ago, wasn't it? Yeah, like, it was almost like he went from yeah doing sets to an HBO special. Like he didn't do any late night spots or anything like that, which was like the thing you did way back in the day. You go on the Tonight Show or you go on the Late Late Show, and that would be like I, I've been I got my seal of approval. I'm corporate, okay. So uh, <laughs> yes. put me in other stuff, please. You know. Yeah, it's your launching pad, and now it's just nothing. <laughs> it, Dude, you could get a thousand of those, and you couldn't sell a ticket anywhere. No, and you look and you look at the hits. You're like, that's really bad. Like, yeah, I feel bad for a lot. And some are great, like Colin Tyrell did, who I love. Well, I was and, just gonna bring him up. Like, and I was shocked though. Like I saw it that day, and I texted him, and I was like, how? I'm like, it's got to be the accent because it's like I know his comedy; it doesn't fit mainstream. So I was so happy to see him on there because whoever the booker was decided to actually book a comic. Once in a while, they'll they'll get somebody on just to see if they could either fuck with this or just to be 
Okay, see, we're not totally all about just corporate sellouts. Like, yeah. And they never aired his, but Jason Galern's set is literally the funniest Tonight Show set because it's so raw. <laughs> and, and you're like, of course this didn't. And it didn't get aired. Oh, it never got guy. aired, but you know why. Was but it it's for like Fallon? Per- it was, no, it was for Leno. Oh, wow, okay. It was so far back. So you have, you have Carmichael on last night, and he does this thing where he sits down on the stage, and that's a very Gerard Carmichael thing. Yeah. And he is the best joke writer. And I don't know why people on it's maybe also the thing that happened with Brody Stevens on his special and why his special, the reaction to the special kind of fucked him up. See, I like that one too. No, it's great. Yeah, but that's the thing where he was another guy who kind of, he was kind of in the back of the room when you'd first, because Sam's the reason I even got into the comedy store. And it's like he was more of the back of the room guy. And then he would go up and do really stuff that was avant garde. And I always loved watching it because that's so unique and fun for me. Like, it's not even a comics comic thing, I think, but it was just enjoyable because it was different. And I think the, I don't know, I think mainstream people, it's your, a lot of people are so pushed into this box where right. it's like, if it's not a sitcom with a laugh track, I don't get it. If it's not this, I don't get it. I refuse to open my mind to anything new. And I think that that's kind of that's sort of dangerous to our profession that nobody wants anything new, but they constantly tell you to put out content. Yeah, and it's very weird because like if a new hit happens, everybody scrambles, right? Yes. Right? Like if a Game of Thrones comes out out of nowhere and you got like violent fuck scenes going on and everyone's like, whoa, it's on. Now they're scrambling and everyone's. So then they got to send somebody in and be like, we need more positive lesbians fighting dragons (laughs) right now. How can we get, we need to get more lesbians into this. And you're like, but you like the greatest example of that is Entourage. They took this like show that every guy was like, this is the greatest thing ever. And then like two seasons later, you're like, he's just in love with her. Why can't they find love? And you're like, nobody fucking wants this. Can you imagine how that would be now trying to do Entourage? I mean, it would just be unrecognizable. Oh, it's just a famous guy banging everybody. You're like, wow. And then he wins every show. <laughs> That's all the show was, was like, I'm down on my luck. They're like, don't worry, you're Aquaman. You have a billion dollars. Yeah, but it's like, oh, thank God. But we all loved it. Yeah, I loved it too. And God, women loved it too, because women love that shit yeah. as well. It, it's like I don't know. So you don't want to see him fail. Like every show doesn't have to be about a guy who kills himself yeah. at the end. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, they, but if that's popular, they'll yeah. go with it. It's like you said. It seems to be with this crap they put out. You know, it's like uh, Duncan Trussell's animation. It was so good, and it got up to like the number two show globally. It's insane. And they never brought it back. He never even heard back from them. <laughs> Sorry. And then you got that one show where like a bunch of kids off themselves, sadly. No disrespect to anybody. Which one? I mean, because I've seen about three. Like yeah, thir- I think you're thinking about 13 Reasons. Yeah, and yeah. they're like renewed, renewed, yeah. renewed. Yeah, they're like, I don't know what's up with the school shootings. Let's renew this one for 50 <laughs> new episodes and make eight shows just like it. Let's tell high school kids there's no end to this. <laughs> and this is, the, this is the glass ceiling of their lives. What's the hormones one? Have you seen the one where the, they're growing up, they got this kid that's in like elementary, and it's all about hormones, and they're growing up, and you see them Euphoria? Is that what it is? No, no. it's a cartoon one show. But it's, what is Euphoria? Euphoria is a bunch of young people uh, having weird, kinky sex with like trans, there's trans thrown in. And everyone's like, yeah. dude, you see, it's the greatest show ever. I'm like, what What are you talking about? A lot, added, lot of drugs, dude. For the second episode of my show, I added a thing called Drugtopia. And yeah. it's just them walking around to the music from that show, like, I want to stay high, you know that song? And they're just yeah. taking pills, and they're like, I love drugs and sex, and that's it. And it just says Drugtopia at the end, because that's all it is. That is all it is, yeah. 
And, but here's my There's whole like no thing. depth to any of it. Yeah, and it's, like, who wants to make that show? Like, we're all sitting around going, "Bro, man, give me, let's, let's, let's just." There's no bad ideas here. Let's just spitball some TV shows, some real passion projects here. Anyone got anything? Just spitball. You know they say there's no bad ideas. Yeah, there's no bad ideas. <laughs> okay. Except they actually mean it. When they well, high school kids on drugs fucking. Boom. Bang. Bang, 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 bang. And they just run with it. Everyone's well, going to yeah. watch it. Yeah, and then you have like Brett Easton Ellis who wrote it perfectly in 1982 with less than zero. And then they decided, because that was just about mindless kids who were just, they didn't care about anything but pure pleasure. Hedonists, and then when they brought it to the screen, they were like, "Well, we can't have Julian O.D. It's like so we're gonna save Robert Downey Jr. at the end." And they switched up all the characters, and he goes and sees the movie that he essentially wrote, and he's like, "Wow, this isn't it at all. Like, not even one word of my book made it into this script because they changed it all to be safe." And I think that's what they still do now. It's it's safe in 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 the fact that you have these. I don't want to say trans or anything, but it's like you have these people that they throw in there because they think that'll let them get away with the most basic shit that's been written for the last 40 years. Kids with drug problems is nothing new. 100%. We're, I'm looking at you and me. We both know. Yeah, crippling drug addictions. <laughs> yes, you know, and the crazy part is like now drugs are not as, not that they were safe before, but there's a thing called fentanyl. I don't think there should be a show telling people you'll have, because it looks pretty Tell quiet. me about this fentanyl. What yeah. is it? I've not heard. Does it hurt people? <laughs> Is it good? You know, but that euphoria thing, it makes drugs look kind of cool. I don't know if you've seen, yeah. like, an episode, too. It looks pretty, like, it, it makes you... Yeah, I mean, I've seen... I mean, they do a whole episode. It's, like, a, the AA episode, too, where she's, like, struggling with that. It's. Well, it, how, I just yeah. think, I it's, I think right, it's dark. Dave. I think it's dark. I, I guess you're right. I guess, it's like, dark. when you kind of look back, it's like they had all that when I was a kid, and maybe they were just... Um, the way they presented it was a little different. Yeah, the, but you had like Ducky, and then they took like there was there wasn't just depression that didn't define every single human being in high school. Yeah. yeah, and that's what it is now. And it's like you said, they do make it look glamorous because the whole room—it's neon lights, yeah. Yeah. everybody's on drugs, people are hot. There's semi-depressing music playing, and it's like, yeah, that's me. That uh, that's me. I like to just pass around a a bowl of drugs. <laughs> I heard like, someone compare it to colors. You guys remember watching Colors? Absolutely. Yes, they compared it to colors. They're like, oh, it's kind of like colors. Like it's, it's like that cool. show Skins too. If you guys ever saw that, that UK what about show what about the movie Kids? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, when it Kids. Came out. But yeah. that was seemed to be like. That seemed to be more on the fringe, and like not everybody saw that. Done. Even like my friends and I were skaters. I was a complete poser, but my friends skated. <laughs> I just owned a board, but <laughs> and smoked weed. But uh, we watched that, and then at the end, when everybody just gets AIDS, I'm like, that's a bit much. Like even at like 16 or whatever, I was like, it seems like they went a little far with this. Because that's how it ends. It's like, what do we do? Oh, we just we we beat up people in the street. We're completely obnoxious, and then we give then Ghost is the kid's name. Gives everybody AIDS. AIDS. Yeah. Now, did anything ever? Because all those were like real kids. Yeah. And Rosario Dawson was in there, right? But she was a real. She was a teenager. No, there was two girls that were real in that uh, that were like real actresses that went on to have pretty decent uh, careers. Uh, The one girl got in trouble because she gave a real blowjob 
to that one guy in Buffalo. Oh, Chloe Sevigny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Brown Bunny, that what movie. Bunny. With, uh, Brown Bunny, yeah. On the movie? Like in the movie? Yeah, yeah the movie. she gave a real yeah. BJ. And I yeah. was like, oh what my a, God, you I can't mean, he, he think was her, about that He was her boyfriend. He was her boyfriend. Well, and it's, it's who is the guy? William? Oh, I can't remember. But if Half werewolf guy? And if you've ever seen his movies, you're like, of course. Like, there's nothing bizarre about that at all. He just makes... Vincent Gallo. Vincent Gallo, thank you, yeah. And where's he now? Who knows? Where's anybody? Now? Probably just praying nobody comes out with more stories. Because <laughs> he just is still like, I lost a lot of money to that old brown bunny thing in <laughs> Buffalo 66. Now he's just praying. <laughs> There's no way that guy hasn't done creepy shit. So, oh, for sure. Yeah. So normal, normal world. Tell us about, hey, you brought, you. is there a clip that you wanted us to play? Yeah, if, I can text it real quick if you want. Yeah, uh, yeah. or you can email it. Uh, I think you, did you send it to me? I should have sent it to you. Can I should I send it to you real let quick? Me, let me can, text you, Sam, and then you can forward it to me. We can Dropbox it. But yeah, Vincent Gallo's actually been working, believe it or not. Has he really? Yeah, a little bit. As an actor. Is it like cartoon animation? Yeah. Voiceovers? Is <laughs> yeah. Is he any new characters on Sesame Street? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they had the cami with AIDS was the one. Yeah, and it's she, the new one. Yeah, the one that came from Africa. I'm like, that's a lot. <laughs> like, who pitches that to kids? Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't. I think it's all. I mean, I think it's really coordinated. I think they're looking for that kind of shit, man. Just dark stuff. Yeah, for really children to traumatize children. them. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they yeah. were always talking about that on uh, Disney about how you know in every Disney movie there is um, taking out the parents, yeah, yep. the mother. Yep, every time. Not just Disney either. Like Land Before Time, dude. That's the one that got me. That movie fucked like, me up as a kid. Like I'm sure yeah. you can make a movie without the fucking parent having to die. Oh, well, yeah. I of mean, course there are you a lot could. of movies without parents but, dying. But they're all dying, even Finding Nemo. What happens? He loses his mom and the fish, and then they go through this whole fucking adventure on finding it. Yeah, and it turns out the one fish is an evil cunt of a talk show host. <laughs> right? <laughs> what do you think that is, Dave? Why do you think that we see this all the time? With someone like Ellen? Yeah. What's funny is is I knew a lot of people in Detroit because she used to work all the clubs there, and they were like, yeah, she was never nice. Like, the fact that her whole platform was running on I'm friendly made no sense My to favorite stuff is, like, her clips where she's like, I just don't think comedy needs to be mean. Off stage, I'll light you the fuck up. On yeah. stage, it's Patty Cakes. <laughs> Off stage, I'm going to brutalize a producer until he's dead. But on stage, I'm going to dance. <laughs> I, 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 anybody dancing with children on TV should automatically be suspect. All right, everybody, it's NFL playoff times. That's right, the NFL playoff picture is locked in. And my go-to place for wild card action is DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner in the NFL. To kick off the road to Super Bowl 57, new customers bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Wow. Come on! Wow. Plus... All new and existing customers can get a no-sweat bet each day of the wild card round this weekend. Just place any NFL bet of your choice, and if it loses, you'll get a free bet back up to $10. Action so good, why bet NFL playoffs anywhere else, okay? John, you love betting the NFL playoffs. Love it. Love, love it. it. I, you know who I'm excited about? Jacks. I feel like the Jacks could do wow, some damage. I didn't expect that. I think the Jacks don't could use do those some... tips from Sam. Don't <laughs> use my tips at all. So here's what we want you to do: download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the code Tinfoil. New customers can bet 
$5 on the NFL and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code TIN. Foil. Okay, minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See notes for details. Guys, today's episode is also brought to you by Blue Chew. <laughs> Let's talk about sex, baby. Guys, shouldn't you always be at your best? 2023 is the year to maximize your performance in the bedroom. Listen up. Go to BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra. Okay, buy a chewable tablet for a fraction of the cost. That's right. And you can take it anytime, day or night, so you, you can plan ahead or be ready whenever the opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew, consult one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your pres- prescription within days. Best part, all done online. So there's no visit to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew tablets are made in the USA, USA, and prepared and shipped directly to your door in a discreet package, okay? I love Blue Chew. These guys love Blue Chew. Who knows where we would be without Blue Chew, okay? We love you, Blue Chew! Man, your boners are the best boners. Number one boner, Blue Chew. Okay, so Blue Chew wants to help you have better sex, okay? Discover your options at BlueChew.com. Chew it and do it. So here's what we got, a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use the promo code TINFOIL at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code TINFOIL to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring this podcast. Oh, yeah. Uh, but now they're talking about but runs on banks. What now? Really? Yeah, so I'm like, do I pull my money out of the bank, put it in a credit union? What do I do? I, I don't I trust no the credit idea. union in that case either. I mean, any if there are being runs on banks, they're going to be runs on credit unions. They're going to take your money. So what do you do with your money? I, well, I mean, it's government insured. How, how long is it going to take for you to get that money? Yeah, I don't have any faith in the government. To... So we just like, just hope and pray? There's no money anyway. Yeah, it's a fantasy. Yeah, it's all <sighs> numbers being moved around on a computer. It's just chaos. I mean, a lot of people be predicting it's gonna like it's gonna go down, 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 down. What, what? money? Bitcoin. I mean, they've been saying that forever. I mean, it's been fucking. The craziest stuff is like people on uh, on the internet still pushing NFTs. <laughs> oh yeah, they're like, hey man, look at this NFT giveaways. Uh, give me a retweet. You enter our thing to get an NFT. What what am I doing with this NFT? What am I doing? Well, it's 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 like everybody all at once woke up to how dumb those things are. You know what I mean? When they suddenly weren't worth a lot of money, everybody was like, oh wait, this is this is actually really stupid. It, it, the problem with all of it, I got dude. It here, it just come through. All right, yeah, so just, let's start. I apologize, guys. No, it's fine. You're dead to me. So uh, we had a little technical difficulty. We're back. And um, so, Dave, can you set us up? This is a little clip uh, for you who are listening. This is a little clip for Dave's new show. 
And uh, yeah, we're gonna run it real quick so us uh, so can set up. Yeah, like we were just talking about uh, Euphoria on HBO. There's a little clip of our drug Euphoria thing that'll be in the next episode. And then this is just a quick clip of uh, it's like an hour and a half, uh, hour and a half. We're gonna sit here for an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> it's just me swinging my dick. Hey guys, you gotta go run some uh, some errands. I'll be yeah, back yeah. in an hour and a half. I hope you like it. <laughs> and uh, it's like a minute and a half uh, quick trailer of this show that I just put out what i basically wanted to do is create kind of a horror comedy show that was a little bit um like what if we went just a little bit more to the left uh-huh. and this would be the result of what like america would be today so it's sort of a and, and real quick are you dropping one episode a week or is it like can they binge the whole thing this is it for right now and now we're the, shooting like okay. i wanted to see the reaction to this and it's been really amazing and one specifically called Man Packs that I threw up on my Instagram. And like in a couple of days, it had like a million hits. And I was like, okay, oh, you awesome. like it. Yeah, I was oh, shocked. That's awesome. So I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting it to slowly, because it's a half hour long. So it's it's doing actually pretty well on YouTube. Not like massive, oh, okay. but it's doing well. And how long is it on Instagram? Uh, that one's just 30 seconds. Okay. But then on YouTube, it's the full half hour show. Perfect, perfect. perfect. So. Here right. we go. Here we go. Well, this is going to be a mix of all the clips from the show. Okay. But this particular clip is uh, two guys who are old friends sharing a beer on the porch like you used to do. Okay. So badly course, beers, by the way. Yeah, so they're drinking Trulies. Mine's water because <laughs> I'm an Elkie. But, uh, and I'm wearing a Neil Diamond tour shirt that I found from 1988. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, the house is protected by tolerance. It's a gun-free home. Okay. And this guy's very upset, as you'll see, that his go. son has come out straight because nobody will think he's tolerant anymore. <laughs> Yeah, it's a trailer for Normal World. You straight? Yep. It's bad enough that we're the whitest family in town. Now this? Are you sure? I mean, it's a confusing time. I remember being that age. I guess he's not going to go to college. I identify as a man, but my pussy? That's a different story. <laughs> nice. I see you're on oh, one of God. those tough menstruations. <laughs> you know a girlfriend. <laughs> uh, yes, there's a list of rules or words you can't say. If you notice right over there, you've said half of them. I have to ask you to leave. You need to leave, Abdul, until you can respect the rules of the safe space. Yeah, 155? Start over, yeah, yeah. We've got a climb. The love of my life was uh, murdered behind a chilies. <laughs> and I think some of you that have been here know that. Again! Nice. It's okay to be not okay. Remember that, okay, guys? It's okay to be not okay. Damn! Let's get our big show, I know. I'm sorry, man. That's our intern. He's new. It looks so good, bro. That's great. And yeah, that's the little uh, euphoria at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of suits. That looks so good, dude. Thank you, brother. That's impressive, man. It's Thank beautiful, you. too. I mean, it, it looks wonderful. You, Thank you. You guys obviously yeah, we, a lot uh, of care in it. The cinematographer we love, and you know, he directed it with, and Ken edited it with him, and I'm really, I love how it looks. Yeah, and it we looks wanted tremendous. it to be dystopian and kind of a bizarre alt-reality. So... When you when you're putting this together, right? Are you concerned about the rules of YouTube? No, because I didn't know where I was going to put it out at. So it was just 
it was sketches that I knew I couldn't necessarily use for shows that I'm writing for, and I just wanted to put them out. So especially the one where I wrote about the man packs, because the whole thing is just disgusting period jokes one after the other, but it's on a man. So it's it, it just works, you know, and they're man packs Pearl Harbor. So I haven't had people like, why are you making fun of Pearl Harbor? It's like, shut the fuck up. Like, so it's like I try to make fun of both sides because, like, the extreme on each side is so ridiculous to me. I totally agree. That I want to kind of, I don't want to offend them, but you're going to be offended anyway. So, like, why bother? Like, the idea even now as a comic, and you know, the, I mean, just tiptoeing around anything to try to please somebody is the dumbest thing you can possibly do because you have no idea what's going to trigger anyone. And I am, uh, I'm okay because all these young comics are just following these dumb rules mm -hmm. and completely handicapping themselves. Yes. Instead of being, like, honest about their experiences in the world. And it's allowed people like me, I'm much older than you, but it's allowed comics who've been around for a while to still stay relevant. Yeah. Well, and you look at it, and you, I, it's so bizarre, like, to me, stuff where you just have to go say it. Like, we were talking about... Uh, like, I, I didn't even know if the story ended up being true, but it was a bit that I do where I'm like, the kid got a litter box put into a bathroom because he identified as a cat. I think it's true. And I think it's true, too, because it happened in Texas. And I was like, yeah, that's not how you handle that. I'm like, you bully them until they, they kill themselves. And, that's, <laughs> and I didn't know how it would react. Like, but people went crazy. And I, it's my point of, like, do you see the extreme? Like, the extreme is you don't actually do that. Yeah. And then the other extreme is you tell him he's a cat. And then there's this middle area where you your parents are supposed to go, you're not a fucking cat. Yeah. Like, that's all it comes down to. And that's why I think, like, tiptoeing around anything is dangerous to comedy now. Because what are you? What are we pulling punches for? They're going to hate you anyway. They hate you now. What, what are you trying to do? Like, win the respect of people that want you dead? It's very... Uh, yeah, we've gotten into that. Well, yeah. it's like, yeah. my, well, Mike Malice said it best. He goes, they want you dead, but they'll settle for your submission. So why, why give it to them? And it's not even about righting or wrong. It's no. about head on the stake. We've it's revenge. About yeah, that. it's revenge it's, for some unimagined. I mean, you know, imagined slight. Yeah, it's, it's revenge of the nerds. But the difference between the, the the movie, the revenge of nerds, and what's going on right now is that these new nerds are entitled. Like they're all these kids are entitled. This is funny. the everybody's a winner, and I want to do this so I should be able to do this. And it's like, no, comedy is brutal. Yes. I did comedy after five years of high school, which is like an amazing... I have a twin brother. Imagine going to your twin brother's high school graduation party. Like, you just... You don't feel like a winner. That is crazy! <laughs> yeah, yeah. My mom wiped my name There's off another the one of you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but he's uh, fraternal. So he's taller and didn't do a bunch of drugs and was an athlete. <laughs> So you went to his graduation. Yeah, yeah, that must. Yeah, yeah dude. So yeah. you just quit high school. I I dropped out and I went to Second City because that's all I was good at. It's all I enjoyed. And that's then, so crazy. You know, like that was it. And for a lot of people now, it just seems like, well, I don't want to work. I want to be an influencer. I should do comedy. It's like, but were you funny? Like, were you <laughs> funny to the point that you weren't allowed in school? Like, were you, what gave you this idea? And I see so many people who just they don't do it because it's actually for the comedy. They, I I, re I totally agree with that. It's weird. It's it's very weird, and it's very weird when you see someone who's actually funny then start to play the game and like neuter themselves and yes. present something that you know isn't them, and then they're the ones who get you. You can always tell the business decisions made by comics who are like legitimate angry, not just like. 
Brian Holtzman go on stage, scream at everybody. But, you know, off stage you could have a great conversation with him and he'll make you laugh. Yeah, yeah. But, like, really treats people like sh- You know, like, the comics who treat people like shit. Like, I go on the road all the time and I'm like, hey, who are who's the worst comics to deal with? I go, I won't. And I, I'm not going to say who they say right here. Yeah. Uh, but it's always the same people. Oh, yeah, you hear they, about it. And they come in and they just treat everybody like shit. And I'm like, I don't understand the point of living your dreams and being miserable at the same time. It makes no sense. And it's also because the version of your dream that you got isn't what you wanted. Because you're putting something out there that's not authentic to you. So many people got mad, you know, when I did Anthony's show at first. And I was like, oh, okay, are you mad that I'm doing Anthony's show or mad that I'm on a show getting paid? And then after that, you're mad that I'm on Crowder. And it's like, but I don't have to have, like, I'm, I, I don't have the exact same beliefs as him. And that's okay. And that's why it's a show where we have conversations. But then it's like all of a sudden you're pigeonholed into all these things by people, and it's like I'm tired of explaining myself. I you do obviously comedy. don't watch the show. No, that's the thing. You shouldn't care about their opinion because they don't watch the show. Because you guys are obviously completely two different two different people. Right, and that's exactly it. It's like people who don't have any idea how it actually is. They just want to assume it's this. If you don't do this comedy exactly, like you're either Hannah Gatsby or whoever that group wants to be, or you're a Nazi. And that's how they want to divide com, and to the point that like Dave Chappelle's a white supremacist. Everybody, everybody who just makes jokes and doesn't care is somehow wrong, and that doesn't make sense to me. And it's so crazy how the extremists—they all just go around, and eventually they touch dicks, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the same thing. Like, you remember? I mean, you're old enough to hopefully remember this, but it's like when George Bush was like, "Man, you're either with us or against us," and everyone was like, "Dude, that's ridiculous and dangerous." And and now, without saying it, that's what the woke people are. Yes. You're either cool with drag queen strippers <laughs> and three-year-olds hanging out together, or you're a fucking bigot. Dude, it's so crazy that Tim Robbins has woken up to it. Think about that. Wasn't Tim that amazing? Robbins. That's the craziest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Dude, yeah. I turned on uh, the Russell Brand show, and I was like, okay, well, this should be an interesting conversation. And I'm like, oh, my God, he's agreeing with the points. That have been. It's I couldn't unbelievable. believe it. It's, it's one of the most unbelievable crazy. things I've seen. It's very crazy. And I, there was still pushback on him from the right, uh, calling him all these names. And I'm like, do we have to sit there and go, hey, man, thank you for way- thank you for growing. Yeah. Thank you for realizing the, the, the way you thought before wasn't necessarily correct. And, and op- being open-minded that maybe you got duped and maybe this way of thinking right now is super dangerous. Why wouldn't you support somebody like that? That's what I hate about the extreme on both sides is because they're unforgiving of anybody's past and they think that that defines them. And it's like if you want somebody to come over to have a real conversation, you should want that. A lot of people want the division because it's how they profit. And that goes for broadcasters too. They need it. So it's like I got to fuel the fire on this side and I can't accept him for this. And I like shows where two people like you can look at Bill Maher and Kid Rock talk and have a civil disagreement with each other. And that's what it really can be. It doesn't just have to be, you know, shot putting a mortar through a Starbucks. Bill Maher loves Kid Rock. That was shocking. I mean, he knows his latest album, that last album he put out. Bill Maher was like, I love that album, man. So that's just, yeah, Bill's so interesting, man. It's just like, you know, he, he got he suffered from a little bit of that Trumpism. Yes. Where yeah, he's just going time, nuts, yeah. and I think a lot of a lot of people just their whole view of everything kind of changes. Especially, you know, how old is Bill Maher? Fifty five, sixty. Yeah, sixty. Oh, he's got to be in his sixties. Sixties. Yeah. I mean, like he's from a different time in the sense of like what the Democratic Party 66, was. Yeah. 
66. Yeah, so, say, yeah, like, that's like, I mean, like, that, that, I mean, you think about when he was 20, that's like 40 years ago. That's like, that's even before, like, the Clintons, or that's right around, no, yeah, that's before the Clintons. Like, that was a different Democratic Party. Well, that was yeah. Reaganomics that yeah. a lot of people disagreed with. Right, so that was a different time. So it gets very hard, and I have a lot of good friends I love very much who are like, you know, we align on so much. And then when you're like, well, you know, uh, this progressive shit's out of control. <gasps> what are you, Trump? No, man, I'm just, I'm on team, like, common sense. Well, it's not progression. I don't understand either way. I would say 10 years ago with my exact same viewpoints, you'd be like, he's very liberal. And now... I mean, they're like, oh, yeah, it's just on this right-wing show. I don't understand. He's defending Nazis. And you're like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, there's, It's just not true. And they don't fucking even take time to hear what you what you got to say. No, and I barely have good things to say about the Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> Such few. <laughs> it's just so stupid. It doesn't make sense. You got to like the roads. You got to like the roads. <laughs> yeah, I mean, The on. highways were a great idea. Are we going to deny that? I mean, don't, forget gotta, micro, don't forget the microphone. We're talking because yeah, of the microphone. Because true. of the microphone. <laughs> he, he developed an express system, which is terrifying. <laughs> Jeez. And Henry Ford was like, maybe I could do that with cars. <laughs> but yeah, that's, dude, it's, it makes no sense to me, as, and especially as a comic. Like, there has to be this ability to joke around with each other. And I've said that all of my friends have talked, no matter who you grew up with, and especially at your age and everything else, like my age, you grew up around a bunch of people, and it wasn't really brought up unless you were making fun of each other. And then all of a sudden, race and sexual identity and all this other stuff is what defines you as an individual. That why would that? There's no individualism there. There's nothing. You're basically giving up anything that makes you unique to yourself for a group and to be accepted. You're doing it for likes. That's it. That's not a life. That's why kids are so confused and depressed and suicidal because you have no goals, ambition, and you don't know who you really are. I completely agree. Hey, everybody, real quick, let's talk to you about our friends at Mint Mobile. That's right. If saving more and spending less is one of your top goals of 2023, why are you still paying insane amounts of money every month for your phone bill? Right now, when you switch to Mint Mobile, you'll get their unlimited plan for 50% off. 50% off! As the first company to sell premium wireless service online only, Mint Mobile lets you order from home and save a ton. With phone plans starting at just $15 a month. Johnny's been using, I've been using, Xavier, hey, trust me, Xavier I loves need, Mint. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah look, at look at the price. I'm looking at the price. Like, has been using Mint Mobile long before this deal, and I have to say, it's the perfect time to switch. But you have to hurry because this deal ends January 15th. Damn, they're right up to it. There we go. Mint Mobile's kicking off their year with their best offer before January 15th. Buy any three-month plan and get three months free. Three months more for free. Man, that's January 15th, too. That's close. You got to hurry. Turn and burn. Get in and rock. By going online only and eliminating the traditional cost of retail, Mint Mobile passes significant savings onto you. All plans come with unlimited talk and text, plus high-speed data delivery on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan, and switching is easy with the 
you do it within minutes with an E-S-I-M, E-SIM, E-SIM right? Yeah. There we go. So switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless ser- service starting at just 15 bucks a month. So here's what to do. Buy any three-month Mint Mobile plan and get three more months free by going to mintmobile.com slash tinfoil. That's mintmobile.com slash tinfoil. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com. Dot com slash Tim Foyle. Hurry. Offer ends January 15th. I had this uh, female comic go, going, oh, dude, you've hit on every trans uh, comic. I'm like, first of all, there's a bunch of them. I didn't even know that. I thought there was like maybe one trans com- comedian. Just Eddie <laughs> no, no, Yeah. Now, now there's a gaggle of them or something. I don't even know. But yeah, a swoggle. You know, and it's just like, I I don't even give a shit, but it seems like some people went from like a comic nobody knew to suddenly now, like I'm seeing them tweeting about all the representation they got and all that. And I'm like, maybe it is about likes and views and, and grip and trying to get some clout and clout chasing. And it's just super interesting. And again, like, I don't care what you do as long as you're not hurting people and particularly children. Yes. I don't give a shit what you do. Okay. It does not mean anything to me. And the, the people on the right could get really mad at that. And we kind of saw that in this country where like people are like, okay, this progressive getting nuts. Progressivism's getting nuts. Uh, and then everybody started coming out like, you know, hookup culture's going away. And, and you know, get rid of Road versus Wade. And, and I'm like, okay, uh, you know, that's a very t- sensitive subject to talk about, Roe versus Wade. You know, and the truth is it was built on a lie. The, the story didn't happen. She has later recanted it. But that that's an interesting topic, right? But it just what's going to happen all the time is the extremes come in and then they change. The conversation. We get everybody going, okay, man, you know, we don't want to be like people who hate people for their lifestyles if they're not hurting anybody. And we also don't want to have drag queens reading to children uh, because it's advanced algebra and a a three year old might not understand what's going on at this moment. Can we meet in the middle? But the extremes chase everybody to each side. Yeah, I mean, I get. When you look at something like that with, like, the Drag Queen Story Hour, and it's not even being disrespectful, it's like, look, they think it's a clown because Uh they don't know. There's no other concept they have. (laughs) They don't know what it is, so they just think it's a clown reading to them. That's it. So they think it's Bozo the Clown? They're looking at Bozo the Clown over there? Well, yeah, it's either that or, like, like, what else could they think? It's not like they watch John Waters movies. (laughs) It's not like that. But but, but I and I love John Waters, though. Like, like, that's what I mean. Like, this isn't something that ever bothered me. No, you're totally right. They write, but it is the implications of what that represents, I think, because I don't think anyone be like at any time in history is like, bring in this stripper in a thong and pasties to yeah. read Dr. Seuss to the chill. No one right. be like, hey, man, it's a lifestyle. Yeah. Let's make it happen. The kids yeah, are going to think she's at the beach. Yeah. Yeah, that's no what one's going to yeah. think that. No kid's going to do that. Yeah, they're like, but, but nobody's right, okay I've, with I've like sparkles <laughs> coming in from the spearmint rhino yeah. and reading, yeah. you know, the three Because pigs. of the questions. I but, mean, think of the questions. You know, for it's advanced like algebra, and it's, yeah. a, it's an adult activity. Listen, if you got to be 21, first of all, how'd that three-year-old kid get into that gay bar? Like, no. don't you have to be 21 to get into a bar? Now this three-year-old's just walking in. And you're tipping? <laughs> That's what's crazy. It's like your your parents are giving you money to go put it in the G-string of a, of a drag queen, and you're like, well, it's, that's not a good Sunday, guys. <laughs> okay, well, what about blaming the parents? I mean, shouldn't of we go course. back to the government not 100%. telling you if you could take your kids? If, what if the government said you can't take your kids there? 
Wouldn't you guys be upset at that point because they're telling you? Well, I do you think what that is do? also. I'm against the government stepping yeah, I don't in. Want that. But I'm also like, should drag shows be labeled an adult activity? Because up until the last couple of years, they were very much drag activity, adult activities. Yeah, like I think it is up to the business owner. But if if there is a limit and a law, and there's R-rated movies and NC-17 movies, and those are put there for those exact, like there's these laws. To create, that are created to protect children. We all agree on that. Yeah, I mean, in in the rare sense, yes, well, I would support I mean, the government. To play, I mean, well, radar movies. You just need your parent there, yeah. And to buy a fuck uh, CD album with parent advisor, you just need a parent there. They just won't right. sell it to you well, without you there. This, so it's back do you to want like the government telling people how to raise their kids. Like, do you want that? Like, we should have some yeah. kind of a, you know... Because if they can tell you that, what else can they tell you? And that's how they always get you to do it. They get you to agree to go after somebody you don't like. Be like, yeah, get them! And then they're like, that sets precedence, and then they come after you. It happens every freaking time. Once you set a standard, it will come back and bite you. When you're okay with them going after people you don't like, they'll eventually come after you. I don't know what the answer is on that, okay? But we do have laws in place already that say an adult bar is uh, chill. You got to be 21 to get in. It's like a gaming floor. You know, you're not allowed to have children on the gaming floor. And it's it's sort of for whatever reason. I mean, if you have, let's say this is a strip club, you're not allowed to have anybody in over 18. That's not like with a parent unless your mom works there. I don't know. (laughs) I think there's some like terms, you know, but. Other than that, but you do make an interesting point. Like, I don't want the government to step in and have to tell you what to do, but I do think that there is sort of a morality crisis going on because what we're promoting to our kids is, like, I'm for sex education at the right age. Like, and I, and I sex think, education 100%. is like, here's a penis, this is a vagina, yeah. here's how we make It's not like, hey, dude, you want to eat better ass? This no. is how you do it. Rusty trombone, yeah, it's right? Just, yeah. <laughs> it's not your teacher, your gym teacher just jerking off a banana and just eating a fucking Hershey's bar. Worse than not. That's what these people want just, to be. It's like three guys. <laughs> like, uh, the most visual should be, it should be a condom on a banana. Yeah, I yeah. mean, but that's how to put it on. Yeah, that's it that's on it. With your mouth. That's all. That's the only visual there should be. There should never be nothing more than that. No, and, and that's really what it was at one point, is they showed you horrific slides of STDs. <laughs> yeah. So you were terrified of sex until yeah. high school. Like Blue <laughs> Waffle. Blue Waffle. That's where I learned about Blue Waffle. Oh, my God. Blue yeah. Waffle is written on the board as one of the words in my show. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. Like, you see it, and you're like, oh, God. Like, I, every picture they show you, it's like, how badly did you just ignore this giant elephant in the room? <laughs> Of just your dick, it looks like a red trunk covered in sores and like oh. boards, and you're like, yeah, you're like, I don't think, I don't think it's a problem. <laughs> like, like that's the most denial you can be in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, dude, does this happen into your dick? Uh, yeah, they're like, does your dick? I don't know, just look like a pumpkin. <laughs> I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> yeah, does it hurt when you pee? Oh, it hurts when I walk, when I wake up. When I think, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I see, oh, you know, all sorts of stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it's just like I guess it's just like where's the common sense and everything. That's it. But yeah. my favorite thing is that like the the progressives uh, are very like, dude, ki- dude, you're bigot for not wanting kids at a, a drag show. You're so fucking bigoted. But they're also like, listen. For the first 10 minutes of your YouTube video, you get, can't swear because kids watch this and we can't have swearing in this first 10 minutes. It's like, where is the logic there? And you realize that it's not really about 
any real stance. It's just no. about destruction and causing chaos. And the people creating it should have those limits. It's like Trey Parker and Matt Stone when people were Christians were boycotting South Park, you know, 20 years ago now. And, you know, they're like, this shouldn't be on during the day. And they were like, ah, yeah, it shouldn't be. I, you're not getting this from us. We we put it at night for a reason. Like, we don't have a problem. We don't think kids should see it. You know, there has to be something to the people who are... Like, I don't think children should sit there and watch my act. I personally don't. I can't stand it. Yeah. Like, I can't stand no, when kids watch your act. I know. they. Well, they, <laughs> some of them like it. They're usually damaged. They're with a stripper. So, <laughs> you know, so it's... And that's another thing. Like, so the improv would always make you, when you were young up-and-coming comic, play these, like, Jewish... Uh, summer camp thing, and the kids are 12, 13 years and old. And you could find these in the Hollywood area? <laughs> so, yeah. Where are these kids coming from? All I would know is that at some point, Jews would just put their kids on buses yeah. and go, go away for the summer. That seems like a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Sounds great. Get a summer off. You'd think they would have uh, yeah, gotten over buses by now. Yeah. Right? Huh? A, yeah, just yeah all where are together. we sending them again? Yeah. So it's a group shower? Yeah. There's this I, uh... camp. <laughs> So, yeah, <laughs> the, the, it would always end at the improv, and they would watch you go up. Yeah. And so, the first comic would go up, and everyone would try to keep it clean. And sure. then the second comic would be like, they're only laughing at dirty jokes. Yeah. And then it just became chaos. And you would feel awful when you got off the stage. You're like, yeah. I just swore in front of these children horrifically. But it's either that or die a whore's death. I would just do it where, like, whenever I would do those shows, because we had the same in the beginning, and you'd go to and perform for, like, kids, especially if somebody was, like, a, like a, a Haywood Banks or these certain comics that were very much just for kids, and you wanted the gig, just turn into, like, a kid said the darndest things. I would just stand there and ask them questions until mm. they said something funny, and I was like, great, yeah, perfect, you know, like, you're all laughing, good Do you night. still take those gigs? All the time, mainly as a clown. <laughs> but do you? I, mean, uh, I don't. I don't oh. take them. So as I a drag. Do show up. So as a drag. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah. I do story hours. <laughs> but do you take? Because I was tell, telling this to Johnny the other day. My erection. <laughs> my buddy asked me to do his fentanyl awareness show, and it was really great. But they're like, "Yeah, they want to clean," and I'm like, "Cause I I know what I'm capable of and what I what I did." Uh, a lot, of, a lot of chaos just happened before I wasn't able to prepare, and I'm not making excuses. It was all on me. But uh, I'm like, kind of now. I'm like, I think I can find you a person that is better for you than what I do because I have a very dark sense of humor, and I, 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 I can, but it's not. I don't feel comfortable not doing me. And I know there's comics who can do it, so maybe I... Because I, I get hit up all the time about doing shows in L.A., and I really don't like doing them. Yeah. So I go, are you okay with me making fun of uh, uh, doing jokes that are going to piss off you know, uh, ethnic minorities, women, and alternative lifestyles? Or and, white people defending these people for no reason. Yeah, right, right, yeah. right. That would be women yes, and men uh, who act like women. Fair point. So so if they're like, yeah, I'm showing up, I'm going to be vulgar. But I don't even want to say that anymore. I just kind of don't want to do the gig. I just feel like L.A.'s really lost right now. Yeah, I, you know, doing like recovery shows, for example, is something that I do. And like I really have never charged because I feel like it's just part of, you know, that service giving back. And I remember one place I showed up to was done in a church, and I was like, "I, but I'm not clean. This is a story about why I'm here and what happened. Like, it's it's not dirty, 
but it's it's the story, so it's it's adult. It's not. It's just honest. That's all I can tell you. But I'm not gonna like clean it. Yeah, there's no way to. And especially if you're trying to impact a room where like some of the people are about to go out, while other the people just came in and they're still having heroin withdrawal and can barely sit in the back of the room. So the first time I did it, it went great, but I was completely me. And then the second time I came back, they had covered up the crucifix. Oh, <laughs> with, like this giant tarp. And I was like dying laughing right when I walked in. I was like, is that the concern, guys? You let Jesus could hear me? But you're right. People that are trying to get off of those drugs need a real story. They do. They don't need any yeah. any bullshit or tap dancing around it. It's like you have to be direct with them and be honest with why you got to where you're at. Otherwise, because most of them are going to relapse. And now with fentanyl, a good chunk are going to die. Fuck. So it's like you have to be... And one of my friends, Joe, he, uh, Joe was actually in the first one. And he's been sober since, but his brother died from heroin like a couple years ago. And it's like the reality is, is like if you don't say like this is what I did, because I know you're going to relapse. That's part of recovery in the beginning. So it's like if you don't do like these rules and follow this way and try to do it, at least in my opinion, you're going to fail. I, I agree with that. And some people get really, you know, because you, you, you're working with people in recovery and they want to do it their own way. And you're like, yeah. well, this your own way got you to where you are right now. Like, yes. and, and, So <clears throat> for me, like getting in recovery is teaching you how to play the game of life and how to uh, because, you know, running and gunning outlaw shit got me in a lot of trouble. In bad places, places where I remember doing drugs going, if my mother saw me right now, like what her reaction would be. She would be so fucking devastated. But I mean, I used to drive crying because I didn't want to get drugs. Yeah. And, you know, there we've talked about this on other, other shows, but there's a lot of guys getting publicly annihilated right now mm -hmm. for addiction. And it shows its forms in different ways, yes. whether it's drugs, alcohol, and sex. sex. And sex is a weird one. You know, you ever been to like a, a slaw meeting, like a, a sex and lover addicts yes. meeting? And, and, and the guy has two weeks. He's the like the oldest, longest recovery in the room. Huh. Yeah. Because wherever you go, you bring your addiction. I can go, I cannot go where there's drugs and I can not go where there is uh, alcohol, right? And I could not go where I get triggered. Wherever you are, your sex addiction is with you. I never thought about it like that. There's a hole everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. There's a hole <laughs> or whatever <laughs> triggers you yeah. to get it going and the rush and the power dynamics of that. It's right here. You're porn. You're porn. You that is that so bad up. for wow. you. That's it. The problem with porn, too, is now it's it's one thing when you were young and, like, you know, you, you saw it on tape, whatever. That changes your brain chemistry, and so many people are addicted to porn now just mm -hmm. looking when people get attacked. The hypocrisy of it is crazy to me because it's like, look at every porn video's viral, and we're, what it was just it was just this guy. <laughs> You're so right. You know, it, no, one hundred percent. I haven't watched the video because it doesn't have enough fucking likes. I'm like, that's not enough, and I'm talking like a yeah. hundred thousand. Yeah, imagine no one's watching this. <laughs> and I, I, I can't believe they even have likes in a comment section. And, the, and that was creeps. Whenever you see it, it's like, does anybody know who she is? Oh, it's so <laughs> creepy, dude. It's like, so yeah. creepy. Yeah, yeah. Let's tell you who she is. <laughs> it's so creepy. <laughs> well, it's like then you get into uh, that's like my daughter Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> so you you um you bring up a really good point. It's like why is porn free? Why why did these tube sites become free? Why were why why did they take these copyrighted 
content that these, regardless of what you think of these people, this is their their intellectual property. Intellectual is a weird word to use with pornography, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. it really is their intellectual property, right? There is no intellectual yeah, right? talent in there. So, so, no, so, so, why are, why are we putting it out for free? Why is it so accessible? And you have to really ask yourself that. I think it's it's to control you. I mean, it's con to control your behavior, control your addictions, control your brain chemistry. Everything is about a dopamine release. So if you want to sell something, eventually you need that dopamine release. You have to develop some kind of excitement. And even if you don't know about it, your brain constantly does want that dopamine. And that can go for positive or negative. So a lot of times, if you can use dopamine for a positive and go where you need to go, that's tremendous. Yeah. But it's like if you have this dopamine that constantly needs to be fed... Like, for example, there's no difference, if you think about it, between gambling and a porn addiction, because essentially you're just playing to lose. That's it. And that's all that it's come down to now, and it's so accessible. And it's like, you know, you brought up earlier with uh, those, like, would people be allowed in certain businesses? We've made it so easy for that to just go, yeah, I'm 18. And that hasn't changed since I first saw a porn site in, like, the year 2000, yeah. and we were like... Oh, yeah, just click, yeah, and then that was it. Under penalty yeah. of perjury, are you 18 or older? Yeah. Sure. And no, they're they, even, no, I've told Sam. They, they ask you if you go to a weed company or literally like whiskey, whatever, dot yeah. com, it asks you if you're 18 over. Pornhub does not even ask you if you're 18 over. No, and I remember having 21. to. 21 or whatever, doesn't ask you nothing. You can log in and it just doesn't give a fuck what age you are. It doesn't even ask you, like, hey, are you 18? Do you know you, you, know you have to be 18 to watch this? It does not remind you that. Yeah, and I remember like going, when we go into the hood, because I, I grew up in uh, the, the Detroit area. And we go get liquor, and there was two ways to get it. Like, was either with your fake or I have a homeless dude do it. And I'd get it with my fake because obviously they cared. I'm like, yeah, guys, a 30 pack of Bush Lights, only 50 bucks. Can you believe it? And uh, so, but we'd go in with like a homeless dude, and that guy would buy us porn too because he'd be like, all right, we need like a Playboy and a Hustler and like any interracial tape, you know, somebody in the back who, who was ready to admit what he was into, you know, stuff like that. And like, and that was a way to get it. And now it's just accessible to hit. And like for somebody who's going through puberty, I can't oh. imagine having to deal with that, where it's like... It's destroying the brain. Yeah. You can't look at a couch crack without wanting to yeah. fuck it. I, mean, I did I mean, have sex on my yeah. couch. Oh, I did too. That's why I brought it up. I yeah. <laughs> and, I, and like, I grew up in a different time. I grew up a little later than you guys, and I still had to at least wait to everyone to be asleep to use the computer. Yeah. It's still not full access. Like, I still had to wait. Fuck, my mom's got to go to sleep. And you got to lock the door, make sure no one... Now it's literally, it's oh, yeah. on your phone yeah. in the tub, in yeah. the shower. They're tiny slot machines. I mean, just yeah. ding, 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 ding. That's exactly ding. what it is. And it just, it feeds that same desire. That's why people aren't interested in love or sex like they once were in younger generations. It's because they've already gotten this dopamine fix of sex. They don't understand. It's like, well, you're kind of a pain in the ass. Like, why would I deal with you? I have like a bunch of naked hot women on my phone yeah. because they don't realize that being in a relation someone with someone is that pain and is that love and is that getting like everything totally can't agree. be there's no realism and just that. wait for vr dude when when you can pop a pair Ooh. of something that looks like glasses on yeah and just be watching porn all day you know immersive porn that's in you know 3d like you're there forget about it. it's infinite jest dude i mean it's just it's so seductive that it will ruin your life there will be so many lives ruined well you know yeah. i always said this about you know when i was going to uh therapy to deal with my, you know, my drug addiction and my sex addiction, you know, we would have a real conversation. And, you know, my therapist said something really, really profound. He goes, the world of speed 
is so good that real life can't compete with it. You know, and that's yeah. why when you see these people on the street, like they don't care about being on the street because they're high and their stimulus are just so everything is just like the most exciting thing you've ever seen in your life. Well, their reward centers are being just maxed out. So yep. they, they're fulfilled, man. They're yep. as far as they're concerned, they're fulfilled. It well, is, the, and the, don't do speed. I like. I, I very rarely want to talk about too. that I mean, stuff oh, because yeah. I don't want to glorify it because it is so powerful and dangerous. And I've seen people just annihilate their life, go from the greatest thing ever, just lost in this kind of instant gratification world that speed brings. It like sex addiction and drug addiction are like peanut butter and jelly and they just come together and you don't care about anything else. Nothing else matters. And like and we mock these people, but it's like it's it's really hard like I had a, a speed problem. I admit it, man. I'm 2 years, 1 month and, and 2 days off of drugs. Man, I get told when I was starting to go good. I would have people go, "Good luck getting off that, man. Good mm -hmm. luck, man. That thing's in your bones." I mean, I had therapists tell me that, and I just had to like find a way, no matter what. Twenty four hours, give me twenty four hours, and you just get through it. And there's things that I look back that I did. And I'm like, I, I could never do that today, and I'm so thankful that that's so far away. I am one month. Almost off of porn. And Johnny and I talk about the Good other on the election. It's very it, hard. It's so hard. Is it getting yeah. easier? Yeah, it's getting it easier. Does it get easier? Because like, I'm, I'm like, it's, I, like, first couple of days, it's like, the, the I'll fuck tell you the I... truth. Yeah, if you go 11 days, you'll see, you'll feel the difference. And the thing that's going to bring you back is just because everything's a habit. So like your old habits was, I'm going to watch this at this time. I'm going to do this at this time, whether you realize it or not. It's all about breaking a cycle of a habit before with porn, because fortunately you don't have as severe withdrawals, but you do have physical withdrawals. Like, believe it or not. Like, with dreams, right? I'm, I'm assuming yes. that's going to be the first Mostly. thing that's going to happen. It's like, if I go off a, a, a month, I'm going to be like, holy fuck. Yeah, you're, be like, this, uh, yeah, you're just like, this <laughs> porn hits the, you're right. Porn hits the same, like, parts of your brain that, that gambling does. And then they, they've discovered that gambling hits the same thing as cocaine. Yep. Food, food also, for some people, I know. Food. 100%. MSG, yeah, MSG is meant to do that. Yeah, everything that I do that I take pleasure in, it's like, oh, I'm addicted to this for a while, and now that I've hit everything, it's like the last thing I have left is like I'll just be standing at home, and I'm like, did I just eat like 14 Kit Kats? And it's because my brain has always been wired to like cope with any pain by hurting myself. Yeah. And it's like you said, very interesting about the speed. See, I was that way with booze, um, even though I did, I never was on meth, but I did a lot of cocaine and a lot of all that stuff, and. With booze and everything, the benefit to it to me was, or what I thought was, I should say, is it makes you feel like everything's going to be okay. Yeah. Which people work their whole life for the security, this idea that I have money in the bank, I have two cars, I, ha I, I feel secure, I feel happy. This gives it to you falsely, that exact same feeling that you've accomplished something, even though it's not real. But that's what people are going for. They want to feel like they matter and that they're accomplished and this gives you that and the, the more you do it the harder the come down is because the less successful you are the more broken you are the less you have you know it's like that's why it becomes so brutal to get off of and and also becomes so you, a lot of people do just die and that's alcohol withdrawal too i know people that have died just from that 
Well, yeah, and also like if you're in the middle of nowhere, I mean, we can get. We've talked about this, like the way they pulled out uh, manufacturing. I mean, you know, you're from Michigan, yeah, Detroit. Oh, oh, absolutely. Pulling out manufacturing, not a lot of jobs. And guess what? The drugs, alcohol, particularly methamphetamines, does. It's time travel. You can yeah. just fly through a week and not feel anything and be like, oh, man, that's, I don't have to deal with the pain and suffering of that. I'm not where I want to be in my life. I can just fast forward seven days of my life and be like, okay, it's Monday. Now I can be like on Sunday and I don't have to feel anything. I can just go through why everything around me is crashing and burning and it's really rough and I just think it's all done on purpose. I I was watching this little like TikTok video that they're asking this homeless lady like why are you homeless she's like I get three meals all this and then she's like and why would I go and make 15 bucks just to work to live if I can at least just live here and just kind of do nothing do nothing yeah she literally said we don't do nothing we just party and fucking wake up if you want to go in your tent and fuck or do drugs and I'm looking at I'm like that's well dude I can see how someone can decide either I work to live or I Fucking fuck around they, and find out. They've got this VA housing for homeless people, homeless veterans, and because it has a, a few restrictions, instead of living in the VA housing, all the veterans, the homeless veterans, live outside of it in tent. Yeah. They have this yeah. unused space down uh, near downtown. Uh, wonderful like apartments for these guys, and just because they have to get drug tested, I think like it's like once a month or something. They're all just living in tents out front. It's very hard because like my dad was uh, part of the government. Um, well, screwed over by the VA, Agent Orange, and he passed when I was a teenager. Oh my god! Uh, and uh, but dealing with the VA is pretty unreal because a lot of the problem with that is they hook a lot of people up, and I'm not saying on purpose, but you're overseas, you get injured, whatever it might be. They're the cause. You're giving them these opioids, you're giving them these different drugs. Mm -hmm. Not that they shouldn't have it, you absolutely should in the correct dosage. And you also should have the correct treatment to get off of it, but they don't. And then they send them back, now you're stateside, you're in chronic pain, you can't get the medication, now where are you gonna go? You feel, you're in pain, you're gonna go somewhere to get it. And the VA has done, and that's my problem with the government is they don't take care of our soldiers. That's why you look at that and it's easy to go, well, the soldier's addicted, so he's not going inside. That's not the case. It's the fact that the government allowed them to go and fight and then was like, well, you get just enough. Now it's not our, our problem. Oh, I used to take my grandfather to VA hospitals. I mean, that was, and, and they were just, he dreaded it every time because yeah. it was the worst standard of care. I mean, it was Ever. literally the worst you could get. Yep. And that is my big my big problem with government healthcare. Yeah. It's like, it's just... Oh, yeah. They're already doing it, and yeah, they're not doing and, it well. And it's doing awful. And so I don't have the answer to that. I do believe in free markets, but good luck getting that going and having anybody uh, being able to get the government to allow that to happen, these pharmaceutical companies and these hospitals. Like, everyone's like, the hospitals are overflowed. They want that. They're, they're hotels. They want full occupancy. When you see an, uh, an empty hotel or an empty ER, that means that hotel's either going to close down. I mean, that hospital's either going to close down or be sold. Yep. That's what's happening. Well, and they do want a full hospital. They want you to stay there for as long as possible. And sometimes they'll check you out, especially after births, if you've noticed. This happened to me and several people that I know where it's like, oh, he's good to go home. And then all of a sudden, like, well, he's appearing a little yellow. It's like, oh, come back. And then they'll, it's a whole new bill. It's a whole uh. new charge. It's a whole new thing where it's like, had you not checked out, that wouldn't be there. And I'm not saying that that's even against the doctors. 
That's just the procedures of the insurance companies and big pharma. I'm about to say, you have to have insurance because if you're Mexican or illegal, you're like, they get you fuck out of there real quick. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. They're yeah. like, we did this. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. 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 100. And most of, I mean, really today, you know, with the health we have, you're probably going to live, you know, but it's, it is a bit different. And really with hospitals too is, I remember I worked at a pharmacy in 1996 when I was 15 and you could steal uh, drugs pretty easy because it wasn't it wasn't as stared at it wasn't yeah. as watched if you wanted to just take your cigarette cellophane and fill it with a little bit of that Vicodin or Percocets take a couple morphine patches <laughs> it wouldn't matter you could do it but I remember when like uh, opioids started hitting big like uh, I don't know I'm blanking Oxycontin so all of a sudden you have Oxycontin pens at the front of the pharmacy that you can sign with. Now all of a sudden you have these beautiful women who are selling it to the doctors yeah. who are also representatives that would come into the pharmacies. And I remember seeing this. It didn't. I didn't know what it was at the time. I thought it was a little bizarre. But I was like, if there's more giant things of drugs back there, I could care less. And the old dude who owns the store is none the wiser. Yeah. And uh, I actually got stolen for – I got arrested for stealing um, – uh, it was these old peanut um, things that had peanut butter in them. It was, uh, what? It, yeah, it was graham crackers, <laughs> and it had peanut butter in them. It was made by Planters. You got arrested for that? No, I got, uh, sorry, I shouldn't say arrested. I got I, threatened with arrest, and I got fired. Uh, Even right. though I had been stealing drugs. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was the it peanut was, butter that yeah, got it. Yeah, it was all these felonies, and apparently I just eat uh, PB crisps, that's what they were called. Uh, apparently I had eaten a carton uh, when I was high as fuck over like a, a six month period. And, and that was what they fired me for. <laughs> yeah, meanwhile, I'm selling, you know. Were they like, just building a case yeah. against you? <laughs> he's got another one in his mouth. Mark that down. Yeah, but you put that down. We Dave, see five more of these chips, and he's gone. Yeah. Dave, how many times do I have to tell you to take out the trash by the Valium? All right, I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> but was drugs a part of your thing, or was it just alcohol? Oh, drugs, big time. Big time. I did drugs before I got drunk. Like, I, I love drugs. Yeah. Loved them. Like, acid was our first thing, which we did. I We ballpark it between, like, 350 and 500 hits, and I know a lot of people Whoa. think, oh, shit. What? This, yeah, this that's is between... Like the 60s. That's like yeah, 60s like, numbers. This is between 96 and 2001 when I finally stopped taking it because I tripped for seven days. Oh, oh my God! God. Yeah, yeah. How many was... how many times did you take that day? Thirteen. Fuck! And I've heard of Windows, and I get scared. Yeah, my buddy took nineteen, and uh, he's a born again Christian. Oh. <laughs> 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 I'm not sure if he actually met Jesus that day, but he certainly found him. <laughs> and uh... <laughs> yeah, he probably like found him, and his his eyes were bleeding from fucking just seeing some so people... much. Some people go Sid Barrett, and some people join the church. How do you, how do you uh, function for seven days? Do you just stay at I knew a like, stripper that did oh. acid for 90 days straight. That's See, we way. wouldn't do them straight because we'd always take the break, but we do it like every other. And then we do shrooms as oh, well. Oh, so you're responsible. Yeah, okay. yeah, we yeah, went yeah, nuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a method to your madness. And then we, yeah, then we'd like hippie flip and candy flip and stuff like that with ecstasy. But I never liked ecstasy as much as everybody else. That was the thing that got huge because this was back late 90s rave scene in Detroit where if you look back, you can find like the Ford Focus uh, that was actually meant for the Electronic Music Festival. It's a car they designed for drug addicts because ecstasy was so popular. Like there's actually like sub like like little subwoofers and speakers. <laughs> and the commercial was basically like, are you high on ecstasy and behind the wheel? Do you like music and pacifiers? Drive the Ford Escape 2003. Oh, yeah, you're totally right. I remember those it, commercials. It was insane. They mar they were marketing it to people who were on drugs. That's how popular ecstasy And it was the days of like pre-Molly. You get like a double stack of 
whatever, a Batman double stack, and you're like, what's in it? Like, I don't know. I'm chewing my face, so it's certainly not all pure, you know? <laughs> it was but, crazy, but, man. But, uh, you know, I did anything because I – my like, my dad had gotten sick. We, they are going around the country to do – surgeries on him and he had to pay out of pocket because mm. his insurance company was like well yeah, it's a, clearly a pre-existing condition and the va was like we've never even heard of agent orange and, <laughs> yeah, yeah they didn't help anybody then dude so they left and then i was like staying with my aunt and uh she eventually she offed herself for other reasons it involved drug addiction i mean to laugh but it's just a lot of darkness yeah, we deal with the pain yeah the we can. so it's like that's what i was doing at like 15 16 17 yeah, so i was I dealing with these now. sort of like abandoned abandonment issues but it wasn't their fault it's just how i felt alone and broken and i wanted to feel good and so i took any drug that was available and put in front of me and for some reason i don't think acid and all that's even as bad i have hppd from it but it it i don't think that's as bad as like cocaine and fentanyl and all these what, other things what, that what, are what really hurting people hppd what is that uh i can sometimes See, like, some tracers, eye damage, slight brain damage just from all That's the acid, acid that I did. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. I, I Is that like some X Men shit? Like you just got superpowers now? Uh, well, I'll tell you what. For five dollars a hit, it's the best money I've ever spent. <laughs> <laughs> just keeps... I'll just trip some balls. Yeah, and just, yeah. uh, Was that what people would call the flashbacks in, in the old days? Is that... They say it. Fla they call it flashbacks. I think, but yeah, this was specific because I kept dealing with it. Where I'd be like, huh, that rug just moves, and I just huh. never thought about it years later. And huh. then I had a guy tell me about it, and I asked my therapist, and he goes. Yeah, of course you have that. Do you know how much, like, yeah. That, and I told him why, and he had diagnosed it. But huh. there's not much you can do except be aware of it. So yeah, like, so you were talking about hospitals, going to the hospital, and we have all this this stuff going on now with all these, these files being dumped, Twitter files, uh, Fauci files, law files. Yes. Um, and, you know, you were, you were on a multiple shows, and I'm not quite – sure how long you were on Crowder's show for but I know it was a it was uh you guys were in the middle of it and you guys were 100% being censored left and right uh on YouTube but going through that like you know we're talking a lot about political correctness right now and you know cancel culture and it, really it's just corporate culture mm -hmm. uh disguised as a progressive movement and uh using useful idiots who don't understand that eventually they're going to come around for them. It always happens. But being in the middle of that storm, what was that like? It was interesting because we were talking about this before the show too. Like we were being pulled off for saying actual scientific facts because we did the research. We had the articles, we had the people to back it up. We would post about it and then we would be banned off of certain websites, YouTube, things like that for saying the exact thing that would then come out two weeks later. And Fauci was a guy who, this was back when I was on Kumia's show, we just never trusted from the jump. I didn't know why Trump was even listening to him. Because a lot of people, like, whatever side you're on, that's kind of when it started, obviously. And it's like, but who knows what to do at this point? But I swore, I'm like, there's no way America is ever going to go for a shutdown. There's no possible way we would let this happen. And the way that we let it happen is one of the most devastating and sad things I can say just about human culture now. We just gave up, and they're trying to do it again. With you can have Jimmy Fallon dance about the new Ugh. variant. On What's late your night. thoughts on oh, that? Wow. I think it's disgraceful. What an idiot! And I didn't have really an issue with them before, but why would? I mean, it sounds so like old, but I wasn't even like a guy who would watch Carson. 
because I was young, but it's like, did you think Johnny Carson would come up and start singing about the flu? Can you imagine it, even Letterman doing I mean, Letterman doing something like, come on. No, and once the Dancing Needles went on Colbert, oh, I'm like, shit. it's like when, you know, Colgate used to sponsor a comedy hour, except it was Dancing Needles, and you're like, why is this? <laughs> this? It's all propaganda, and it's being fed to you by somebody above him to keep this show, but that's not entertainment. That's no. That's just turning on your TV in China, and they go, it's this now. You're doing this now. This is what you have to do. You're othering people. You're doing this. You're dividing it. So the whole time dealing with it, everybody who said a lot of the heart issues and the stuff that are coming along, for, like, I get it when people go, like, you think Jeremy Renner was the vaccine? I'm like, no, I think he got hit by a fucking snowplow. It seems pretty obvious. But it's like then you see athletes who are, like, 19-year-old girls just drop dead. Playing basketball that doesn't make any sense to me. What do they call it? Sad. What's the what's sudden uh, sudden, sudden adult death syndrome? Yeah. The yeah. fuck is that? Yeah, the, well, they turn. Well, they, they die they, suddenly. They turned. Yeah, no, I know. I was just saying, like, when the yeah, fuck did yeah, that come yeah. through? I'm like, no, the f- they turned. Well, yeah, they turned an effect of a drug into a natural cause, which is terrifying. Or at least that's what they're trying yeah. to do. And. Yeah, being in it, it's depressing because I started seeing things that I had never had my eyes opened up to because, believe it or not, we look at the middle of it and we go, okay, and we look, we have to look at all these articles and have all these researchers so we don't get sued and we don't get people coming at and make sure everything is true. And I would look at it and go through these things and it's like it was – it's mind-numbing and devastating because it all comes down to basically a lot of people making money – and and separating it's not even that the middle class doesn't exist but it's separating middle class lower class everything from the complete elite power and that's what i see going on as a result of this so uh i know you guys used to be on the blaze and you guys are figuring stuff out right now uh glenn beck put out a crazy well i want to talk about this and i also want to talk about uh um neil degrassi tyson on uh bet David, uh, yeah. Patrick, Bet David show. That was show. beautiful, wasn't it? I, I mean, I, like it's, I didn't see it. Oh my! It just came out. It just yeah. came out. You gotta yeah. watch this. Like it is a, It's Neil deGrasse Tyson's suicide note. Well, he dices him up. What? What happens? Patrick, no. Neil deGrasse Tyson DeGrasse hangs Tyson. himself by saying stuff that anybody. What's he talking about? I, I just what's the subject? He's trying to talk about how the vaccine was tested and. It was okay for people to be forced to take it for the the betterment of humanity. And, like, he just looks so dumb because there's so much information out right now from the horse's mouth. Pfizer admitting all this stuff. That guy's just a mouthpiece, a tool. But but what's interesting about it, and I talked about this on Rockfin, was that you remember when he was kind of pushing back on that COVID wasn't that big of a deal? We're kind of being, and then all of a sudden, like, oh, yeah. you remember, hey man, what about this woman who accused you of something a while ago, Neil? You remember that? And he's like, he's back. Oh, dude, this COVID thing's gonna wipe out humanity. We gotta, we uh, gotta do something quick. Uh, yeah, that really creeped me out because he was on when I was on Anthony's show discussing how he, you know, he had concerns about it. And then you're right, the second they pulled out, like, but this girl, little rapey? And he's like, yeah, you're right, that virus is something you think else. They've not, so you think they've had that on him for a while, or you think it's made oh, up? 100%. So you That's why he's there, because they have that. The question gets to... I think to, it's real, but did they care at one point? Oh, I don't know? think they've ever cared. Right. 
think well, they just know, like, hey, let's, let's, he's good because we have this card on him. Yeah, yes. well, I mean, like Johnny brought up to me about the, the soccer coach, that there, for some unknown reason, he got blackmailed because he kicked his wife way back in the day when they were dating, and now they're married and they're together forever. And someone's trying to be like, hey, I know about it. You better give me some money. Well, I mean, we know who it was now. Do you know? It turned out it was his. It's, it's very, it's very, compl- <laughs> it's very complicated. But he wasn't playing one of the best players on the soccer team, who happened to be the son of his best friend, and his best friend's wife was the one who sent the information in to U.S. Soccer, saying like, "Well, you know, he's saying these things about my son, and he's not so good himself." And so that's wow. that's what it turned out to be. Oh a, my yeah. God! Isn't that, it, I mean, it was scandalous. It's, that's like when the, the 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 mother tried to like kill the cheerleader so her daughter could make the team. Oh like, God. yes, yeah, yeah. The, that was in Texas. That's commitment. That's right? That's chaos. Yeah. But um, that's motherly love. It is. Look, yeah, I would do anything for my child. <laughs> I would. Too. I love my kids so much. I just don't know if I would kneecap no, somebody for that. No, you just can't. Just like hey. Maybe this is your best. There's a better way to do it. Pay him off. Pay him to quit. Hey, I'll give you money. Have your daughter quit. Well, yeah, you know the mom's living through the kid when she's like, you know what? I'll kill her. (laughs) Okay. That's real Tanya Harding level. Yeah. She must have never had it's a chance to the cheerleader squad. Yeah, like how ugly is your kid that you got to start killing people off yeah, yeah. to make the cheerleader? <laughs> you're, not, you're not even breaking legs. You're digging a hole in the desert. Yeah, the cheerleading coach is like, you're going to have to kill a few more girls, actually, if you want to get to your daughter. <laughs> yeah, look, she's really There's no really girls bad. left in the high school. You made the team. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just this one ugly girl. <laughs> it's the worst cheer squad I've ever seen. They all died. Hey, and today, when they're giving like uh, a trans woman, Woman, uh, the beauty contest who does not fit your typical stat, uh, characteristics of beauty. You mean Gabriel Iglesias? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not him, really. Yeah, I mean, but, the, but in the, makeup, the girl yeah. looked like him. Unbelievable! And, like, and all the girls joke, are right? like, "Oh my god, you're so lucky!" I'm like, I would have lost it. I Dude, you have, I have a niece. I have a son, but I have a niece. And if I would have been in the crowd, it would have been like, could we stop playing pretend now? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's fine that she she's here, yeah. but uh, can we... You let her in! Yeah, yeah, isn't that enough? Right, right, We didn't right. have to actually give... Like, it's funny to me because you're just... You don't like men, but now you're just letting them win everything again <laughs> in your field. Yeah, it's so Why? weird. And they're not really, they're not even really winning. No, you're giving it to them, right? Which is worse because if they got, if well, they, if that's they about it, breaking kind of different too. There's a yeah. lot going on with that, and one thing that's going on is that they're definitely 100 percent trying to make you not believe your eyes. We are in a moment, and I want to get back to this Glenn Beck story, but we're in a moment where they're trying to make you not believe your instincts. And they're like, oh, man, that looks like a toad with a wig on. Not beauty. She won the beauty con. What? Oh, geez. They have fat mannequins now. I saw fat mannequins at the store the yeah, other day. Yeah, they do. You don't even want to steal them and yeah. fuck them. <laughs> you can't even judge. I mean, Most honestly, dollar. like we were, I, was, I was trying to buy something for my girlfriend the other day on Lululemon, and I couldn't decide if it looked good because half the models were 300 pounds. Yeah, it never looks good crazy. like that. crazy because, yeah, Lululemon I would walk into with like my wife and be like, I, I shouldn't be in here. Because <laughs> well, they'd be like, can I help you? I'm like, yeah, you can show me whatever. Whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> and do you remember when Holocaust wouldn't sell anything past the large? Oh, yeah. 
And now they got fat models. If you go to Holocaust, it's not what he Holocaust? Said. Remember Holocaust? No, I mean, yeah, uh, Holocaust. They kept them real thin. They kept them real thin at Holocaust. Yeah. 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 They I'm keep them Hollister. under 100 pounds every time. You guys what, what an insult Holocaust right? would be if they only had large. <laughs> Everybody looks like Hollister, they had gastro the bypass. You remember when, Mark Norm- <laughs> remember when Mark Norman got in trouble in, in the New York City comedy scene when he put out the funniest tweet ever where he goes, when you look at it's crazy when you look at Holocaust videos when you realize that the uh, camera adds ten pounds, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. And people got mad. I'm like, how can you get mad at that well-written so joke? Yeah, he's great with those. And good point on the brutality of it. Yeah, yeah. That's the part that I don't yeah. understand. It's like he's not insulting them. He's yeah, making no. a joke. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. But to be like, oh, I'm so upset about that. It's that like- requires second level thinking, though, and so many people just will refuse to do that now. They refuse to do it. Well, well that's yeah, that's comedy, right? I mean, yeah. like you got these, and like I have a lot. I have a couple friends of mine who play arenas, and you know, Sebastian Mascalco. Yeah, uh, and, and like Sebastian's a great writer. Uh, you know, uh, Gabriel, I think he doesn't get enough credit for how I don't either. I think how great a writer he is. I met him live at Gotham years ago. He was the host, and I watched him go up, and I was like, this dude is amazing. He yeah. Couldn't, he couldn't have made a room happier in yeah. five minutes. He's just lovable. Yes. So, fortune's like that. Yeah. Fortune's a very, Fortune Fitzer is like, like, is the most likable human being you'll ever meet in your life. It's impossible not to like her. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but a lot of these guys that play these rooms, like it, it, some of them are very honest with their joke writing, uh, you know, but it's it's very basic stuff. Mm-hmm. And, to, and that's kind of what comedy is, right? Like the more basic it is, the easier digestible it is for people and you get a larger crowd. And the more edge, more in, it's like more of a, it takes a, a longer time to get a lot of people. You know, it's like Bill Hicks old joke. It's like, you know. He's scrambling to sell 100 tickets while they're adding seats to the Grand Canyon for Carrot Top. Right. <laughs> and I love Carrot Top. I love anyone who he's masters what... He's funny. I yeah, saw he seems like Vegas a fun guy. And I was like, wow, this is shocking. If you master something, I love it. Yeah. And it's more important to me that you're a good person off stage than what you do on stage. Yeah, I agree. You know, the amazing Jonathan was like that. I don't like magicians, but I loved him. It was just spousal abuse for an hour. <laughs> like, it was brilliant. <laughs> like, yeah. It just stuff the way the way you can make it different. But comedy should, at least in my opinion, for good comedy, it doesn't have to necessarily be filthy or anything. But some of it should make you squirm. Like some of it should make you uncomfortable because what it is is it's supposed to build up this discomfort that you then release with a punchline or make worse. And worse and worse, and then tagged where everybody's okay. Like, that's the kind, personally, that's the kind of comedy that I like. And I think most comics used to have some degree of that at one point. Like, I think Norm MacDonald's probably the best ever, in my opinion. I love him. Yeah, just, just my own opinion. I think he's the greatest because he's a guy going out there. He was doing jokes about bowel cancer, but he didn't tell the audience that he had cancer. He didn't want the sympathy or the crutch. He just wanted to make fun of cancer, even though he was dying of it. And the second you bitch about it, he tells you, I got it fucking. You, you won't tell you, but in his head, I don't have to justify and why he doesn't I'm have to justify it. what yeah. he said, because he's talking about, yeah, like yeah. alcoholism. Like, how's that? Uh, he's like, yeah, what's your, how do you feel with uh, your cancer? He's like, oh, I get this painful, twisting knife, sort of screaming, horrific pain mixed with a burning sensation. Ah, it's just the worst feeling imaginable. It makes you want to not live life. How about you? He's like, I get happy. 
Sometimes I meet somebody with the same disease and we have sex. <laughs> and it's this perfect. He's the best. He's the best. And he was a gambling addict. The guy gambled okay. away his fortune twice. You know, 400 grand in one night. Most like, of it on Twitter. Woo! I mean, he was live tweeting as he was just losing uh, massive amounts yeah. of money. Yeah. And that's a dopamine hit, bro. in one yeah. night? 400 grand in one night, yeah. No. I've heard oh. comics, I'm not saying their name, lose a million in a night. Oh, easy. Holy shit. I know ones that have lost 70. Anyway. <laughs> so. Sorry. So, yeah. So let's. Uh, so we got censorship. Uh, does it sound you when comics are for censorship? Like even me. There's jokes I don't like. I don't like them, but I defend people's right to do them. Yeah. I, I mean, sometimes you'll see somebody go up as an open micer and people might get mad and it's because they're not doing it right. But you're like, yeah, they're not supposed to. Yeah. <laughs> like they have to learn. And I think a large problem now is people don't want to take criticism. I was lucky. I started in a group with, uh, like Matt McClowry, Mike Costa, who's on the daily show. And like, there were uh, a good group of people that That's a good crew. were coming out. Jay, Chris Newberg, people weren't, they didn't lie to you. If something didn't work or something like you, you said it, and then you thought of different ways to do it. So there wasn't this idea of like, no, you're great, keep it up, I want to be your friend. It was like, ah, you ate shit. And it was, but it was beneficial when you when we were starting. And I think that that's missing now. Yeah. So, so I don't know. I think that does does a lot of damage. I, I remember when I used to take acting class, which was the biggest waste of money for me because I'm naturally a bad bad actor. Like in my natural state, I cannot act. And but I go to these acting lessons because I felt like I was doing something for my career. And I would watch these like young kids come in, get one criticism, and then you would never see them again in yep. class. Ever again. They wouldn't come back because they were never used to be telling, Hey man, do better. Work harder. And I I think all this is being set up so when you hit real life, man, you fracture and then you're just on pharmaceuticals for the rest of your life to cope with the fact. Sports used to be a big part of that, pushing kids into sports, you know, and then and you get your ass kicked a little, but you came out better for it, even if you didn't. It's just weird because yeah. I have kids Pursue right it. now. They're almost three. And I, I'm just, like, you don't want to be overprotective, but it's so hard not to be. Well, because you've been through it, and I have that with my son too. But he plays, you know, he plays football, he plays travel baseball. Like he's doing really How good. Old is he? Seven. Damn. But he has these athletic skills that my dad and brother had that waved bye bye to me at birth. <laughs> but uh, he he's into it, and he he understand. Like he's very self critical. He always very competitive, and it's it's interesting to see because a lot of his friends can't stand to lose. He goes and tries to figure out how to get better. And I really like that about him because I'm like, I don't know how – because so many kids his age are just like, well, I don't get why. It's like because you, you, you messed up a play. Just do it different next time. There's, It's not that – it's okay to bomb. It's okay to fail. It's okay – like that's what I think kids need to know. And I've told my son that from the get-go. I'm like, you're going to do bad. You're going to have a terrible day. Your Things aren't going to work out. Your life's not going to work out exactly how you want. Like just – I know he's seven, but it's like he gets what I'm talking about. And he tries harder, or he try, or if you don't like something, you don't have to do it. You don't have to do it just because your friends are doing it. Go play something you like. Is there a fine line between old school parent, new school parent? That's well, a little bit of both. Yeah, well, I I definitely have never hit my kid. Right, I don't, <laughs> I, I I don't even know how you could do that. I but. I can't wrap my head around it. And our generation was the one where it's like I just look at my son and it's like if you only knew. Yeah, it's like there wasn't a day. Yeah. My dad got his ass kicked, and he never hit me. He threw me one time after yeah, I beat the, the show. Way, my, my dad got—I mean, he 
took beatings, like proper beatings, all the time. And I think that might be why he, he didn't. You know, and lay my a hand dad on did me. his best to stop the generational trauma the best he could. He didn't get it all. And then I'm spoke, trying to clean up what he passed on to me so I don't pass on to the next one. Like, I got one, and then it was threats after. Yeah. You know, you get one good one, then after that, you learn, like, your dad's like, hey, fucker, stop. And then you kind of figure it out, but you hey, do fucker. get one. Yeah. Hey, fucker. <laughs> See, yeah, my my dad was very, very calm, and he only hit me a couple times. One was when I crashed his car into a tree. That's a good oh. one. That's and a good yeah, one. yeah, I don't know if it was the airbag that broke my nose, but <laughs> right after it happened. <laughs> and then, but the other ones was, like, my mom was bipolar, and it, she wouldn't get treatment for it. She was a nurse, mm. but when she started, this was in psych wards where... They're giving you electric shock therapy Whoa. for depression. I mean, they didn't know what they were doing with people. So she was always terrified to admit like what she had. So she was two different people. It would just depend on that. And one was very, very hitty and angry, and the other one was the sweetest person in the world. And it was very it was, it was weird to deal with because it's like your protector when you go home is either going to beat the shit out of you for no reason or greet you with like the most warmth you've ever had. And that was always so, you know, difficult me, difficult for me to handle. That's why I'm glad, like, I go to therapy, and I, I try to be the person who I am naturally to my son. Like, I never want him to look at me and be like, "I wonder who's gonna be picking me up from school today." You <laughs> yeah, know? It's a I'm scary with you feeling. You know? I'm with you on that. I try to do it. it's. It's. I am trying to be the the biggest reason my kids aren't in therapy and. They don't dance on a pole. I just try to hug them as much as I can, my yeah. daughters. Uh, and it's it's like, and I also believe you know, you have what's inside you to be a great parent. So, since just, you said that, do you believe everybody should go to therapy? Because I hear people tell me like, oh, everyone everyone needs it. Period, plain and simple. Everybody, I, I think you know? I think everybody's. I think everybody is individual. You know, it's in a, on an individual basis for me. I, I, I've been to therapy. I like it. I also think there's also like, I also am very good at understanding how I'm feeling and why I'm feeling it through like recovery. Like very much recovery's taught me like, what is my role in all my shit? And I'm able to ask myself that a lot. What, what did I do to this? How did I do this? And I and I call it being a first responder to your own problems. That's really what I am. I, I there's an issue. I run to it. Let's deal with it now. And I, where I would used to hope it would go away, and I would just do drugs in the hope that I could not have to deal with it, and then it would just turn into this giant Godzilla of a problem. So everybody's everybody's different. Some people need somebody because in L.A., if you're talking to someone within minutes, I have friends like this. It's about. Now, you're, you're trying to talk to them about your problems. Within minutes, you're talking to them about their problems. Well, yeah, they're never listening. Yeah, so that's it. All right, so yeah. I, want, I don't want to keep you here all day. I just want to wrap up on this. No, you're good, but is, I, I just want to say yeah. real quick, so I do agree with you on that, too, where I think it's important. I have a lot of friends from high school and where I grew up with, like, my one of my best friends who grew up next door to me. I've always cut my friends through my life. I think a lot of times you just need that. And you need somebody who you can actually trust to be like, hey, this is going on to put you in check more than you need therapy. Because like you said, a lot of people are, I think, able to check themselves a lot more than other people. Like, I have to fight daily for self-control. I don't think that's most people. But I do think that most people have negative thoughts all day long. And they need someone to share that mm. with because a lot of people won't admit that. But it's like seven out of eight thoughts you have are probably not positive. Why do you think that is? I don't know. I, yeah, I wish I knew, but I, I, you know, there's studies on it, and I mean, of course, that's a, 
that's a, a you know summing it up and sort of the average. But I think I think because people do have self doubt and they want to be liked and they want to be part of a tribe and they want to be part of something that means something that's greater than them, no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. I also. I mean, don't you think that there was some advantage to being because uh, they you know they say people with depression are actually if if you write down you compare their beliefs to other people's they're actually more realistic they're they're more grounded you'd say uh but that's not you know as far as living your day-to-day life that's not valuable but i think perhaps for survival in the past those might have been good traits to have you know be, being skeptical like looking around every corner paranoid yeah uh, I, afraid, I understand what you're saying fear. especially like if yeah, you're a hunter gatherer sure. to be yeah. paranoid about what's around the corner right. probably kept you alive but that doesn't do us any good at all now i mean we because we have all our needs the base needs right and met, you know? and also though but it's like if you did that to the point where it crippled you f- to freeze then you fuck the hunt up or you get attacked by an animal so it's this weird kind of balance you have to have i always think it's great especially as a comedian to have an ability to be critical of yourself and not be like oh that was the best set ever every time and like you never grow and like i i think it's bad if you're always beating yourself up but i also think it's good to go i could have done better here what did i do wrong why didn't i and like i used to you know I used to just be like, oh, fuck this crowd. Then I'd be like, what did I, why didn't I connect with that crowd? Oh, I probably came in too hot real quick. And I didn't ease into it and do some like jokes to build credibility. And then once I got them laughing, then I could start hitting them with the hammers instead of coming right out and just thinking they know who I am and they know my style and all that stuff. And I'm trying to do something I'm living on the, I enjoy, I enjoy being super real. And sometimes I wonder if like, Real life is too edgy for comedy. Dude, you're, it's same deal. Like I've written a book that I haven't published that's two years old because there's so much in it. And then there are stories that I was always afraid to tell on stage that have now worked. But it took me a long time to be like, how do I relate this to an audience, you know, like jacking off to a house fire, you know, when I was drunk that I started. And it was like, not like a, not like a pyromaniac, but I just, I made a grilled cheese and just jacked off and passed out. But I, (laughs) but but like little stuff where it's like, would people actually, and the part of it is like, they can, because they know what masturbation and grilled cheese is, they just aren't, they just didn't do that. But everybody has had that moment where they've, I think, well, not everybody, but like 70%, I would say, of people would probably have been like, yeah, I woke up in the shrubs once. I woke up on a driveway. I've been afraid. I've done something to myself that scared the crap out of me. That's where you relate. So I think that there is there is something to be said as, yeah, it could it could make people afraid. But I also think that just because it's not necessarily maybe hitting the hardest right in front of you, it sometimes is the one that somebody comes back to you seven months later and says how much it meant to them. And maybe we're lucky because we're comics, but I really do believe that the future of everything is authenticity. Yes. And uh, which is the exact opposite of what corporate art used to be. Show business in the in the 2000s. And we saw this happen to like music as well, where it got super corporate. You know, the, when the Clintons deregulated the media, they, they bought up everything, and then uh, they were starting to push their own people there. And we started seeing Britney Spears, who I have no problems with, you know, but she represented a, a certain type of uh, entertainment. She's super talented. But, you know, she's on Rolling Stone magazine, which had its roots in, you know, 
the beatnik and the, and the uh, you know all that's the hippie culture and now she's on it and you're like what is going on here and then it got super corporate everybody won, wanted Seinfeld for the longest time yep. which was really broad stroke and there's I love Seinfeld I mean, I could have my issues here and there on little things, but in terms of like, I think he's him. I think he's genuine who he is on stage. Oh yeah, I want. I think now I actually. Uh, I tell my friend about this a lot. I like the rich, disconnected, smarmy Seinfeld now <laughs> because it's he can't help but be authentic. Yeah, yeah. So, like that guy, I enjoy because you're getting the real him. Like that's it's, who it's, he is. Yeah, it's exactly who he is. He's completely disconnected. And, and but for the long time, in a good way. Yeah, and but the uh, it's in in a it, that's naturally going to happen way when in you're a, you're a billionaire that has a yeah. show that no one will. When ever you're the, get the richest of entertainer. Yeah, when they've done, you, they always do those YouTubes where they break down who made the most. Yeah. Seinfeld yeah. is the number yeah. one yeah. of yes. all the people ever to make wow. money and enter as an entertainer. Yes, he's number one, and you're you're gonna have a disconnect. Yep, and that's okay. But I, I think he was used as kind of this weapon that kind of neutered Sam Kennison and Richard Pryor and that movement that would, with Dice that was starting to happen, mm -hmm. where like you were starting to get some real raw shit. And then, boop, nope, we want Seinfeld, and we're going to keep out everybody who's not that, uh, in my humble opinion. But now I feel like people are starting to appreciate people who talk about their shortcomings, their weirdness. Be, you know, and it's like we've said on the show before. It's like the last great family television show was Breaking Bad. Mm -hmm. That was the last show because people relate way more to that than all these family sitcoms going on. Yeah, there's, you'll never walk into Off the Boat. <laughs> you'll never do anything like that or, yeah. or blackish or anything. <laughs> blackish like, is, yeah, God. It's like you wouldn't even exist. You'd walk in and be like, hey, blackish family. They'd be like, I'm, what? Why would you say that? It's so this weird. Is home. It's definitely weird. So I feel like authenticity is the key and that these young kids don't realize that. And they have more freedom than ever. This is more, you could be more yourself than ever in history. But you'll never get anywhere unless you're authentic. I honestly believe I that. totally agree with that. I feel like that's why this show resonates with people because we're very honest about our shortcomings, which there are a lot. And I had a guy who was a comic. He's like, you know, to self-deprecate is to self-humiliate. And I was like, dude, self-deprecation is the job. Yeah. Like You're completely wrong about yeah. that. I completely agree with that. And yeah. the weirder it gets, the more honest you are, yeah. the more... They'll let you go make fun of other people that maybe they won't allow you yeah. before. If you're like grandstanding, I'm good looking, I blah, blah, blah. You know, and but if you're like, I'm a drug addict, I've been on weird shit, I jerked off to a house fire, you're yeah. like, okay, I'll hear this guy's take on blacks it's and gays. It's self-awareness, yeah. too, right? Which is, nobody wants to be around someone who has no self-awareness. Well, you know, it's, it's like when I, when I did it's Silver painful. Robot Guy. Yeah. Everyone would be like, I remember some fucking chick. It was so, I'm not going to say her name because I love her to pieces and she was just having her moment there. But I was giving her advice on, on playing the, the OR to Comedy Store. And she was bitching about the comic who just went up and did jokes about smoking crack. And that comic was me. And I was talking to her about how to do it. She didn't even realize that it was the same person. But it's like, I'm going to talk about my weirdest shit Rogan's talked about. It's like, for some reason, Sam wants to tell everybody the weird shit. You know, getting robbed by a hooker twice in one day because I was trying to find drugs. Like, <laughs> that to me in this search of being the, as honest as you can on stage 
is the most important shit. Yeah, like the other day somebody asked me for his shoe size, and I was like, I know his dick size, but not his shoe size. Because yeah. he yells it out on stage, and I was like, how is it I know that, but not his shoe size? I found I like, that yeah. un uninteresting, but I'll give you my shoe size. The final thing I want to do. Six inches on his tippy toes, if you're wondering. On his tippy toes. Yeah. That is not my shoes, but uh, right, that though. is my yeah, dick. Yeah, yeah, you want to jump, but I just want to say like, I agree with you 100% on that. I think that even you just saying that I was robbed by a prostitute, in two mm -hmm. days, I was like, or no. say in twice in a day, I was like, go on. Yeah. Like, that's what I want to <laughs> yeah, yeah, hear yeah, because yeah. that's the story you don't. It's like, yeah. I know your jokes and these things you want to make up, but it's like, it's like, tell me that story and make it funny. The I love real. love that. Yeah, I love Cause, it. Because it lets people feel okay about themselves. Yeah, because they look at them and go, well, I didn't do that. Or they go, or I, I did that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah for sure. <laughs> yeah. And that's that's it because so much of how, like when you watch commercials, so much of commercials is a psychological warfare on women. Look at this woman. Look, like, like they'll show a woman with her kids, and she looks about three years older than her kids. Yeah. And the women who have that age kid is like, well, that woman looks way better than I do. I, I'm, I need this product, so I look like that as well. It's all psychological. Yeah. Where in our things, like, dude, I'm fucked up. Are you fucked up too? Yep. And that's it. So the Glenn Beck thing. Oh yeah, jeez. Uh, the final thing is that he's been talking about how the EU is about to pass a law, and it's. And it's going to make into law ESG. For anybody who wants to do business in Europe, they're going to have to follow these environmental social governance rules by BlackRock, World Economic Forum. But they're talking about how that's going to affect here. Because all the corporations that have business over there, they have... Not only... This is what makes it really bad. Not only does... Let's say... Because they use the example of McDonald's. Not only does McDonald's have to follow the rules, but everybody McDonald's works with has to follow the rules as well, which is going to have far-reaching ramifications on everybody. Because it's a chain. Because, uh, well, supply yeah, chain. Yeah, 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 supply yeah, chain, yeah, but it's, sure. it's, it's, a, it's a, these corporations, both big and small. So if you're an egg farmer and you work with, with, with McDonald's, they buy your eggs... You have to have electric cars. You have to have a trans person working there. You, you know, it's like <laughs> for an egg farmer. Where my, where my eggs are by is a it, drag queen. Is that why there's they a work. shortage on eggs? What? Is that why there's a shortage on eggs right now? Because there's not enough trans? Yeah, the there's not enough cross-dressers. They're too busy reading the kids. Yes, Get out of school. Start picking some eggs up. All these hens are roosters. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, but that's see that's tragic. Does that though. scare you? Yes, because look at the flights all going down today, and people can say it's not a result of one or the other. But is it a result of hiring people who may not have been the most qualified for a job? And whenever you say that, you hear like, you know, like, oh, so it's all white men? No, not at all, not at all. But did you read past a resume, or did you just hire the first thing because you were scared? Yeah, I should say thing, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> We're only hiring others right yeah, now, yeah. okay? Sorry. That's I, it. You can't have all this. No, How do you feel about keeping your dick? Uh, I like it. Get listen, we want to hire you, but if you do work with us a little bit, yeah. chop your dick off, we'll hire you for six months. Yeah, all I'm saying, we'll give you a chance. At least tuck it. Just listen, you want to fly for fucking yeah. spirit? Yeah. We need you to cut your dick off. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Look, our airline's bad enough. We just want to make sure... That the flight attendant experience is uh, one where you n make no eye contact and will accept anything we tell you. <laughs> it's like, how much is a Sprite? Nine dollars. Ah, oh, it's so brave. I'm so just brave. upset. I'm never on a flight where black chicks are fighting. Uh, 
I want one so bad because they're so hot usually, and they're yeah. just wailing on each other, and I'm really into that. And you can keep a braid. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> That's so funny. There, I walk around LA a lot. There, every weave oh. and braids are just everywhere oh. on the. I don't know if they're they fights give, everywhere or what, oh, but yeah. they're just. I mean, I, I take pictures of them every time. I have hundreds of photos of just stray. Okay, hear me out. Hear me out. Yeah, Where do I love women? Movie. Black chicks fighting. Where? Waffle houses. Yes. Okay. Airlines. Waffle House Airlines. Can we start with that? Oh, dude. A Waffle nice. House Airlines. You win the fight. You get to keep your your bag. Your bags are free. Bags are free. Oh, I'm oh, in. Oh, and <laughs> the best and flight food. Yeah. Some scared guy is just trying to enjoy his waffle. <laughs> <laughs> Can't even leave. They just don't. Why is happening on that airline that you are ready to fight? Now I've almost gotten in fights where some guy just dropped his shit on me. Didn't even apologize. Didn't it's even say, "Hey, dude, I'm After sorry." After all that TSA shit, dude, you're you're in a you're edgy sometimes no, when you get on a plane. No, not anymore. Because no, no, I, I don't mean you. I mean like people in general. I get why you know people are on edge after being probed Sa by Sam TSA. Sam loves watching anybody get up right as the plane's dropping off, and he's already he's already shaking my head. At that me is the one thing that pisses me off when Wait, you're when like you, those people it, who you're rush thirty six yeah. and you're trying to get off the <laughs> yeah. plane first. That's I honestly I I try to trip you. I hope you get hurt. <laughs> it bothers me so much. It bothers me so much. Like, I've written airlines and I never complain. I never say anything, but it's like just make an announcement that says that we deplane row to row. Like you have to do. Like this is it's not it's dangerous. And then they did that during COVID, and I was like, this is and nice. They, you and still see them, it. and then you still see them when you're getting your luggage. Yeah, they're still right fucking. Yeah, there. It's we're not all like going to the same place, asshole. Yeah, you ran up from the back. <laughs> or everyone say, hated you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna miss my flight. Let me through. Most people were like, go, 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 yeah. go. Yeah, of course. Yeah, dude, it's that thing of asking nicely. You know, yeah. what, what happened to that? You want to get into traffic? You know, give me a little wave. Somebody, Don't just cut me off, you My cunt. buddy, yes. he, had a, he, he has kids, and his wife was friends with someone, and they were not teaching their kids please and thank you. Cool. Do you know what I'd say? We can no longer be friends with you. I'm sorry <laughs> about that. Uh, that's gross to me. You're trying to... Just rewrite how we interact I'm with sure, each other. I'm sure show it's somehow appreciation. offensive, like that Stanford thing. You know, it's it's somehow just insulting someone. It's just ridiculous. Well, anytime I leave a place, I'm like, son, what do we say? But he usually I don't even have to say that. Like if the waitress brings us food, it's thank you. It's the I've always taught him that because you should treat anybody with some level of, of of respect where you want to be treated. And I think we've lost that entirely as a culture. Like I mean, you know, which blew my mind when my mom would tell me, "Go say hi to everybody of your family at the party." We have at to the do party, that to my son everybody. Too. And yeah. I hated it. Now I love that they fucking did it because I show up anywhere and I'm like, "Hey, one hundred Yeah, and I hate it as a little kid because you're like, "I just want to go in the jumper," and like, "No, go yeah. say hi to everybody." Oh, like, I, I don't get know in them. the jumper. <laughs> Let me jump. And then my son, yeah, when we started doing that, now that he's a little older, he's seven. Now he's actually having conversations with somebody and like he knows him now. He's like, right. "Oh, dude, you remember? Yeah, they're all your uncles. Yeah. They're all gonna have conversations. Yeah." And that's the, that's a great thing. That yeah, my parents did the same thing. It was like go say hello to everybody and greet them, treat them with respect. And then it's like when we tell you to go downstairs with your, your cousins and you know be be seen and not heard mm -hmm. when we need you, that's <laughs> fine. But yeah, there was a level of manners and just decency that I think people carried themselves with, and that's one of the big problems with the culture right now is it teaches you to be angry at that. Like you're saying, please, because I'm a woman. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh. I just thought it was nice of you to hold the door the day, there. Oh, me as oh I was walking talking about the door. holding door. The day I'm at the gym and I'm like, 
at the same time with the girl. So I kind of do the gentleman thing, and I step, pep up my step to open the door for her, and she, and she opened, and there was two doors, so I could open mine. She opens like, I didn't need you to, to do. And she's yeah. walked in, and the it's one that I didn't crazy. do, and I, was, I just literally had my headphones on, like I said, I was going to the gym. I just smiled like, wow, what a piece of shit. Crazy. Like, you saw me go out of my way for that, and it, I didn't have to. I, it's just, cr- I, I just want to see her shoelace get caught in a treadmill, <laughs> and she's screaming, so and you're like, you. you can do it yourself. I'm so with <laughs> yeah, you, bro. Yeah. As soon as it all crashes and burns, they're going to go right back to, I just want to cook and clean. That's all I want to do. The draft starts again, you know. Dave. Yeah. You're the best. Thank you. This for was a great me. conversation. Thank you for having me. And sir. I appreciate you uh, flying in, not only to do the show, but to do my show tonight. This will come out tomorrow, so it was last night. Thank you for crushing it. Thank you. And uh, where can, what else? Where can they find you? Uh, you can go to DaveLando.com. Um, I got dates coming up at uh, Denver, Colorado, Cleveland, Ohio, Fort Walton Beach, Florida. And then, uh, yeah, uh, if Louder with Crowder comes back, we'll see. But you can check I out. I hope so, man. I was so happy you were on there. It was like so it's good great. to see you as this guy that just, you know, I, I, as I tell you, I realized you were doing all this stuff. But it was like you, you went on your own path, and it was great to see you being recognized for how incredibly fast and funny. You're one of the fastest guns out there. Thank you. And uh, it was great to see you getting a lot of love. Thank you, man. Yeah, it was, it's, it's been a nice ride for just that. And like you said, going out and just doing your own thing, because eventually just sitting here and waiting, you're like, oh, no one cares. I have to just go do this. So hopefully it comes back very soon. Um, and I, like I hopefully soon. He's, he's in negotiations, whatever it may be. So until well, I then, hope so. yeah, I'm going to keep trying to make episodes of Normal World. Please check that out. Links uh, in the in the bio. Yes. All right, buddy. Guys, thank you guys so much. Again, go to samtriplee.com. All my dates there. Hope to see you guys in. Uh, I hope to see you tonight and this whole weekend in uh, in Batavia. I'm at the Comedy Vault next week. I'm at at the House of Comedy, and then at the end of the month, this guy Eddie Bravo. We're in Long Beach, and then we're at Bakersfield. Hope you guys enjoyed the show, and we will talk to you soon. Take care, everybody. We go deep, homeboy. Open your mind. Drink from the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional shit. Wake up, Aaron. This is only the beginning. Dude, you just blew my mind. Tim foil hack. Tim foil hack. Tim foil hack.